0: I was working at a video store. <laughs> Do you remember this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. the movie had already been through the theaters and now it was available on VHS. Yeah. And this, this idiot girl I worked with, just completely moronic. I mean, total airhead. And so this woman comes up to the, to the counter holding the box for no way out and goes, Hey, is this good? And she goes, Oh yeah, it's really good he meets this girl at a party and they have sex in a limo and then at the end it turns out he's the (laughs) Russian spy
1: it turns out he's a spy Yeah. And in the end, he's a Russian spy. Turns out he's a spy. <laughs> so ruins the ending <laughs>
0: and sums up the rest of it by saying they have sex in a limo. <laughs> <That's> the <laughs> whole... And the woman just kind of like goes, okay, and just puts it back on the show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It'd be funny if like side after she says that and the woman's like, okay, goes going back to put the movie back. And she goes, oh, yeah. And then Will Patton is in it with weird hair. <laughs> Does that sweeten the deal? And and then
0: she starts ruining the endings of all movies. She goes, and then turns out Rosebud is a sled. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out they're all dead people.
2: <laughs> <laughs> here, and, here, and here.
0: To Ear and Loathing. You are at Ear and Loathing, and this is episode 57, oh nothing, the sauciest of all episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, the good people of Heinz, for
1: setting that up for me. You gotta smack it on the bottom or else the juice don't go. (laughs) 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 We're just coming out of the gate blue.
0: (laughs) <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so here we are, the Gitmo Bros, the number one rockers forever. And uh, we're here to... Oh, for new listeners, what do we do here? We torture each other with bad songs. But don't worry, there'll be a good one at the end. So uh, I guess I'd like to introduce you to my uh, fellow hosts. And let's start off with the... What the hell is your name? You're you're the the media darling of... You're in loathing. Why don't you say hello? Hi, I'm George
3: White, and like uh, Steve Miller, I do not want to get caught up in any of that funky
0: shit going down in the city. <laughs> oh, you're so right, <laughs> Steve the Prophet, Steve Miller. All right. Well, thank you for that, George. And now we're going to check in with the North Star. He's my North Star. He's George's North Star, and he's funky Steve Miller's North Star. Why don't you say hello? <laughs>
1: they told me real men choose the army navy air force or marines but baby i chose broadway like my main man ben Vereen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ben Vereen. nice did he was he the one that got hit
3: by that uh, that david foster ran him over in pch
1: right. yeah <laughs> you hit him with the car you hit him with the car good job david foster
3: I love that in Malibu, when you get hit by someone, it's another famous
1: person. Yeah, right. Just, yeah. There's no one else is there to hit you. <laughs> it's not some guy in like in a Cressida. No, it, no,
3: it's <laughs> it's only the, the you know the the uh, the most uh, prolific songwriter ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> running over the best dancer
0: ever.
1: <laughs> An asshole, fucking Foster. Yeah, right. <laughs> love you, buddy.
0: All right, well. Um, we are going to get into, uh, well, first of all, we know that Aaron's in the torture chamber today, which I've been looking forward to, but Mm -hmm. first we have an interesting little bit of, of news. You know, we've had several guests on this show, some more important than others. Like Charlie, for instance. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Like Charlie.
0: He's all of 12. (laughs) But, uh, we we would like to say thank you to a friend. Uh, you could call him a kingmaker. A podcast (laughs) mogul. He is the hero with a thick black eight-inch microphone. No. Hey, come on. He used to be known as Old Hickory. Oh, wait, that's Andrew Jackson. That's right. He's young balsa, Mr. Andy Levy. Yeah. His his podcast, uh, The New Abnormal, which is, uh, I listen to it three times a week because I think it drops three times a week. Yeah. He and Danielle mix it up. Great political podcast. Uh, I love their interviews. They have a lot of uh, very interesting guests. You learn a lot from his podcast. And he shouted out a little show called Ear and Loathing. Oh, nothing. Yeah. Oh, nothing. <laughs> he acknowledged the number one rockers forever. And uh, I guess I I'd like to play it for you. Now we're going to hear is him talking to his producer. His producer's asking him about some podcasts he's been listening to recently. And that's when he gets into the ear and loathing thing. Now, what he said was was great, you know, very good description of what we do here at ear and loathing. I'm wondering if he laid it on a little thick. You guys tell me. Here we go.
1: Okay, how about a, a great podcast you've listened to this year? I'm going to pimp out some friends who have a podcast called Ear and Loathing that comes out
3: uh, once every other week and it's just a really fun and funny look. Uh, there's three of them that do the podcast. Every week, one of them is in what they call the torture chamber and the other two people have to play uh, an incredibly awful song for them as torture and then they pick which one is worst. And it's really, really fun to listen to and the musical choices are sometimes very inspired just recently one of them used the we didn't start the fire remake Fall Out oh. boy yeah uh it's oh. i mean it's so bad but but others are like uh i like i had no idea that like telly savalis did a spoken word album <laughs> so you get to hear stuff like that and then all three of them are really funny and it's just it's a really
1: enjoyable podcast that i look forward to every couple weeks
3: yes he said funny seven times
0: (laughs) yeah i mean great words from from andy appreciate
1: the sentiments totally great but pomp and circumstance in the
0: background that was was yeah wondering why why they chose that
1: if you're going to talk about e and l you better have some p and c bro all right
3: (laughs) probably production choice he probably wasn't involved in that part (laughs)
0: It's public domain, so, you know, no cost there. <laughs> so, anyway, thank you very much, Andy. That Thanks, was really cool.
3: Andy. Yeah, super cool, Andy. That was great.
0: Um. So, yeah, go listen to The New Abnormal, because it is a, a great show. And I really do listen to it and enjoy it every couple days. It comes yeah, get out. your
1: learn on. Get your head out of the fucking gutter, dude.
0: I know. And, by the way, look at these guys churning out three episodes a week, and we can barely get two a month. I mean, talk about a work ethic. Yeah, but they have staff of, uh, you know, five. I know we have Chris. <laughs> we have Chris, <laughs> and he's still
1: on probation.
0: <laughs> and he probably has a studio too. We have a we have a storage closet in the yeah,
1: basement right. and a bedroom, <laughs> and a mop, and a mop. <laughs> oh wait, strike that.
3: No more mops. And the, I moved him out. Mm. Oh wow! I got a Japanese lantern. Still, it's pretty good. <laughs> nice. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. Well. You know one person who uh, just called in and he wanted to congratulate us for that great shout out from from Andy levy so he wanted to you know kind of weigh in with his thoughts about ear and loathing and all these you know accomplishments and our our growth. so let's hear what he yeah. has to say as he introduces us um, to the next segment so yeah, let us know what you think there buddy. Hi there welcome to Kivit Corner. Well, yeah. not not quite as effusive as as Andy Levy, but any warm thoughts are appreciated.
3: Yeah, and and you know uh, Clem probably listens. That's the kind of person that listens to the New Abnormal. You know, That's someone right. insightful. You know, interested in politics and how things work and what's going on. That's yeah. the audience.
1: Yeah, sneak sneakily, Clem. Uh, he looks and appears and sounds as if he's and maybe smells. not interested in much. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, he's Beltway bananas. <laughs> <laughs> You can't Bananas get enough of that Politico Beltway.
0: slate gab fest. Wasn't Beltway Bananas an 80s puppet <laughs> show? You're
1: exactly right about that. That was the name of my sketch group, and I went to Georgetown. <laughs> yeah, they, they used to open for room for improvment. <laughs> uh,
0: all right, so here we are in the kibitz corner. And uh, because a dog is being tortured today, that means he gets to
1: take control of the show with his Kibitz Corner. That's right. Hey, everybody, listen. I want to uh, go down a path that we've gone down before. And um, this is called Premise Generator. No. What the hell?
3: What the heck?
1: Premise Generator Spine- This is what you should have on as you drive around the monuments. In a limo with Sean Young. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even know her name. He made love. He was a, he was a spy, it turns out. Oh. Despite the lovemaking.
3: Like a double agent. Yeah. <laughs> That's right.
1: Yes. So
0: George and I, who are known as the other two, <laughs> will sit at Aaron's knee And listen as he tells us about the premise generator. Yes. That's
1: right. Uh, So, hello, everybody. Um, Typically, with premise generator, we use the premise generator and come up with slick, awesome ideas for our Hollywood friends so that they can go out there and make the movies that we all want to see the world over. But as everyone may know, Hollywood's on hold. And so with no new deals getting made, uh, we're putting our creative minds and the machine itself to good use in service of you. The podcast listeners, so uh, you long time loathers, you guys know this, but uh, you new cats. The theme of the podcast uh, uh, is uh, often the life and times of well, coxman, Ooh, <laughs> and yeah. I mean, I mean all yeah. the very vari- variations of coxman. There's yeah. the lifetime confirmed swingers. There's the nascent peddlers of ass, the hopeful <laughs> hustlers, and of course, our favorite, the reluctant coxman. Oh. like their idols, Mac Davis and Tom Jones. <laughs> they deal with the emotional weight, uh, and the very real drag of slinging ass on the regular. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I have it on good authority that a significant portion of our listenership, uh, are Coxman themselves in one form or another. And let's be very clear. I want to make this very clear. We are inclusive and that it's going to mean mostly guys, but I'll tell you what, it's going to mean gals too. And, uh, I thought about this as I was writing that down. And I said, ironically, those two don't seem to connect much. <laughs> it's always one or the other. True, true. What's a co- what's a female coxman, by the way? Like a vagman or something? <laughs> um, I think that they could. I, I like the idea of still calling them a coxman because they're just slinging it. That's you true. know, it doesn't have to mean that you have one. Just that you're yeah. you're just slinging action. Well, they collect cocks. Yeah, you know, or whatever they want, or ladies. Yeah, yeah. you know, they're just out there s- moving it. There's something about the
0: the lyrics from the Pat Benatar song, like, a female coxswain is putting another notch in her lipstick case.
1: Mm -hmm. She is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. They're out there doing it. Like, Pat knows? Shit. Yeah. Fucking fighter pilot. I get it. Yeah. Pat knows. (laughs) Pat knows, we all know. Mm -hmm. Um, So at any rate, you know, because it's like guys and gals, we know that there's a big market uh, uh, and catering to those folks means something and is uh, important. And Since I believe they could use some support, and ideally that support's going to be convenience. I want a one-stop Coxman's boutique, and I want to get them what they need, and then I want to get them back on the streets. So what we're going to do now is that we're going to create a store. We're going to name the store. We're going to put the stuff in the store that's going to cater to these men and women who are out there slinging ass. Uh, so mm. using Victoria's Secret as inspiration, we're going to use the premise generator to supply us with a male name and a noun for the boutique. Ah. And then we're going to get into it. So let me open the, this this casket here where we keep the Prem, Uh Hello, Prem.
0: It's right next to uh, Pete Townsend's giant
1: room-size mode. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to generate a name here. And go. All right, uh... <laughs> I like the I name like like again with Victoria's Secret. We're going to have a, a, a name up at the top. So okay. the name it's given us is Marcus. <laughs> but, but we've already okay. used it. It's before. given that
3: to us. Oh, yeah. before. What's <laughs> with this? of Marcus memory. Measurement. This, thing, this thing's Marcus bias.
1: <laughs> OK, how about Geraldo?
3: Yes, that's better.
1: <laughs> All right. So Geraldo. And now we're going to do a noun. Oh, my God. <laughs> Geraldo's interaction. <laughs> so you can say we're going to head over to GI. So Geraldo's interaction.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's your code. Like, you got some lady at home, and she's thinking she's your number one. Mm-hmm. And so you go, I, I got my this GI appointment. She's kind of grossed out by it. She's like, oh, what's this guy got going on? You know?
3: <laughs> Why does he have that? Is he a Coxman? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so now we know that Geraldo's uh, uh, interaction. We know that these are the things that I imagine us selling or them selling here. And again, we're acting in an, a as sort of a almost like uh, branding experts for them so that they can open up and, and supply these people. And so I imagine that uh, they're going to need information like, They're going to need furniture. They're going to need food, books, sex toys, films, clothing, realty services, (laughs) a pharmacy for sure. They're going to need a pharmacy. And then I wrote down at the bottom, a a deli. So (laughs) So this is like a superstore. Yeah, Yeah. it's a superstore. So imagine in my mind when I was giggling about this, I was imagining, remember how like Pier 1 imports used to be, like a big, huge thing. A warehouse, yeah. Yeah, or like a warehouse kind of thing where, like, you can go and you can hit all these places. So, like, there's going to be a place where you can get your passport uh, renewed if you need to head over <laughs> to a swinger party in Tulum. Uh, there's going to be a pharmacy where you can get your meds if you need to get to get a local or something. Uh, but I wanted to start breaking down some of this stuff. So, like, I like to start with the realty place. Now... George and I used to be in love with the idea of, like, the fading uh, swinger or, the, you know, the sort of confirmed bachelor. We, we used to love to put them in Marina Del Rey because that was, like, the funnest oh. idea yeah. to put them there in those crazy, those crazy apartments, those circular or, or ones. Or on a boat or living on their boat, Or in a too. boat, yeah, yeah. In a boat yeah. also in the marina. Yeah. So uh, let's start batting around. It doesn't have to be in L.A., so mm-hmm. let's start just goofing on some places where they can be because we want to create a list to create a dialogue going. So like when someone comes in and is looking for something, we can match them with the space. Are
0: you saying the location of the Geraldo's interaction? Like is no, it, no, no, we're, no. We're
1: Yeah, yeah. So maybe we have a flagship store. We need to figure out where that store is too, by the way. But for right. the sake of argument, let's say that it's in, you know, somewhere in L.A. Okay. Okay. I want to find out where we're gonna like advise the people that they could live as swingers to get their most for their swinging dollar.
2: Oh, Oh, okay. Because
1: there's gonna be an option there where like we're gonna say, oh yeah, well this is this is uh, Gary. You're gonna want to call him because he's gonna get you into those Marina Del Rey apartments, and you know you could get a studio or you could get a bachelor, like that kind of information. Like a trick pad. There's gonna be yeah. a trick
3: pad for them. Okay,
1: gotcha. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like where else besides Marina Del Rey in the world would we be advising people to go live and be a swing? Ooh.
3: Yeah. Right away, I don't even know where this is or what it is, but it's Costa Azul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's maybe you it mean may pronounced Costa Azul. Yeah. We don't know why it's Costa Azul. And it's gonna rhyme with Pasta Fajul. <laughs> And this is one of those, it's like an island that's off South Carolina.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can see Epstein's Island, yeah. but we don't talk about it. Right.
3: Know? Yeah, it's there. It's somewhere between South Carolina and Florida. And, <laughs> you know, it's that's it's good swinger territory. I like that.
0: But Texas is good, too, for that. I don't know. What do you guys think? The Gulf, you know? First of all, George, I want to hear what it would sound like if your dad had to pronounce it, but he pronounced it Costa Azul. <laughs> like Tarzan? Yeah, like Tarzan. <laughs> how, like, how would your dad pronounce uh, Costa Azul? Two ways. He, he might say Costa
3: Azul, <laughs> or, or he might say Costa Azul.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or he's familiar with it, so he just says, I'm heading down to Azul. <laughs> Ooh, maybe it is there,
3: guys. Maybe that's where it is. It is at the Florabama. It's there. It's right there, um, you know, um, Orange Beach. Right there's only portion of Alabama that's actually on the Gulf. I like that maybe it's that's an the island. The Riviera? Yeah, yeah, ex- Redneck Riviera, yes. Redneck Riviera, and, right. And why can't this be a theme park, too? I mean, you know, look at Disney and Universal. Come on. Yeah, yeah, it's a Swingtown. theme park. What's wrong sure. with that? Swingtown. Got a theme song already from the aforementioned Steve Miller. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. Stevie Dog Miller.
0: <laughs> it's all coming together. King of KLOS. Is this region that we're trying to come up with is it a place where it's a hotbed of activity where the guy's gonna you know just kind of rack up the tail or is it a place where it will impress the tail when he brings them back to his his condo or what, what are we looking at here
1: yeah i mean i think that this is this so imagine this is a big costco in los angeles somewhere like on the west side and you go there and the the travel people can set you up with a trip to uh Tailtown or whatever we call it, <laughs> yeah, Tailton. Yeah, and so like you can go there and do that, and that's going to be impressive. But like the cool thing about places like that and like Tulum, I think, are like everybody knows the score. No one's getting seduced. You know what I mean? Like it's just on.
3: If you're there, you better be ready for it to be on. Right.
1: Don't even bring pants.
3: Don't be hung up. Don't. Yeah. yeah. In fact, the store I'm a seller right now. The store does not sell swimsuits of any kind. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, you know, sell them. They do not
0: have that section. No, sorry.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> no bottoms. But I feel like we're we're hopping from from one department to another at GI. Like we didn't even finish the real estate department, and now we're hopping over to the travel agent.
1: Right. So, like, let's let's assume that the real estate and the and the uh, travel are right next door to each other, so we can help them find a cool, hit place to live. So that fits what you were asking earlier, Damon. Like you are, you want to be impressive, and you want to. Uh, have a seductive joint so there's places you don't want to live in town and if you're new to town whatever town that is we're going to help you find out the slickest hippest town to be in so and and like the apartment complexes or probably condos let's be honest
3: yeah oh yeah
0: totally yeah class operation all the way
3: <laughs> and very right. thin walls because you want to hear what's going
1: on next door <laughs> that's right <laughs> I understand they're making it tonight. So. <laughs> so we got that. So like, those are two like broad strokes. And so we can go back to them when we want to, but so like, there's also a lot of furniture uh, uh, available. So I think there's probably stuff that you're going to want to be able to clean easily. Yeah.
3: Right, yeah. A lot of things in, uh, in rubber, <laughs> you know, and um, those sex swings. We have a lot of those. So a yeah, lot of chair. sex swings. Sure. Fuck, Fuck chair, sex swing. Got a lot of those. <laughs> And speaking of moppy, there should be like things to, you know, cool, like a mop, but a cool mop that you can clean up with, you know, you can swab up.
1: We have, so we have access to those kinds of things. We have access to furniture. We have access to a pharmacy. We have access to maybe, uh, you know, maybe a place of worship, you know?
3: (laughs) 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 Yeah, because look at Jesus, J-Bones, tell me he wasn't a swinger. Did he sometime. say be
1: fruitful and multiplier? Didn't he?
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean facts are facts.
1: Yeah. It, it strikes me this too. I, the
3: the the logo has a mustache in it somewhere. <laughs>
0: I don't know her. You know her.
3: You know Geraldo's. You know uh, what's the second one? What's Interaction. The second one? Interaction. One of those letters is a mustache. It has a mustache on it. Maybe the G, like the cross and the G's a mustache. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah, something right.
1: <laughs> so, like, so in addition to that, it's like Geraldo's interaction, I want to make sure too that like they have access to great healthcare. So there's like a there's a pharmacy on staff. There's you know, E E-T <laughs> well, yeah, and T guy. Yeah, and by the way,
3: can he be kind of horny like um, Doc on Love Boat? He's kind of <laughs> like that kind of doctor.
1: That's absolutely true. Yeah. But
3: he's really good, though. That's I like what you're emphasizing here, Aaron. That. This sounds funny and everything, and it is, but we're dead serious about what's going on here. I mean, do we have some Michelin rated restaurants on site? Yes, we do. Of course we do. (laughs) You just don't wear pants. What? Right. You just don't wear pants at them. Because look, I mean,
1: we're just catering to the thing, like it's like what Al Capone said in the Untouchables. You know, people are gonna, you know, people are gonna drink, people are gonna hang out, people are gonna party, and we just act on that. We're just providing people with a decent version of that. So you're not out there, you know, going and doing bottle service at some choochy place. Uh, and, and wasting a bunch of time and money. And those those chicks are going to go home with, uh, you know, a Vince Vaughn lookalike from back in the day, you know, <laughs> right, at best. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm talking about a good quality situation that this can cater to. So, I mean, that's what Geraldo's mm-hmm. interaction is all about to mm-hmm.
3: me. Let me ask this question. It's on the it masthead. Yes, it, it just came in. It's, it, it's, will there be a large section of masks and other cosplay kind of, I'm looking at an Eyes Wide Shut kind of, sure. you know, be a lot of mass, right? We have a mass section in this store.
0: It's funny you ask that, George, because <laughs> I was all I wrote down, is there is there a section of the store where there's disguises? Cuz yes. if you find yourself in a yeah. jam with yeah. with two of your ladies, you know, end up at the same bar, and you're like, "What? Oh, you got to do kind of a Peter Brady thing where you're
1: Dracula and,
0: and <laughs> a cowboy. The there's
1: yeah. a lot of things you can role play with. And there's so they yeah. like, some people like to do cosplay. Some people like to, you know, dress up like, you know, Ted Knight. Some people like to dress up, uh, you know, uh, somebody more contemporary, but you got you your know, furries,
3: you know? Yeah. Yeah. Pl- plushies, plushies and furries. Yeah, sure.
1: We're going to shame your kink over here. You know,
3: <laughs> you know, I like the idea that the, that the doctors, you know, he's like, it's not a quack. But he's friendly to, you know, I'm just going to put in quotes like it used to be before, before Pot was legal. You know, he's he's sensitive to your, quote, back pain. Okay. Sure. Yeah. he's You know, yeah. you can give him a, you know, you're not going anywhere once you're in, at this place. You're not going anywhere. You're not driving,
1: you know, or yeah. anything. And like Bernie Capel. Yeah. Our, this guy's going to be wearing shorts, probably cargo shorts. Yeah. He's got some scripts in there. One of the, you know, the third pocket on the left.
3: <laughs> yeah, a lot of pockets. That's why that's what the Chicago short is. What yeah. you
1: don't want to do is fall for it when he goes, why don't you go into my pocket and grab one of those? What you don't he, want to right. do is that. Yeah. He
0: does that playfully. He goes, no, 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 don't. It, no, no.
1: <laughs> I'm oh, only not. kidding. I've never seen a front <laughs> pocket before. That's weird. <laughs> right, right on the zipper. huh? Yeah. <laughs> so you got, you got your food options there too, or like food classes too, where they can teach you how to be, you know, how to be a little bit more slick with your cooking so that you're not like Johnny, Johnny Ramen all the time. Get you, like, a yep. sushi roller. They get you, you know... It's sort of like when um, Charlie Sheen gets the new apartment in Wall mm, Street. Yeah. And they show him, like, he's eating haagen now. Mm-hmm. They get you some art, too. That, that It isn't, like, you know, the kiss only. You know, stuff like that. It's not like that. It's a little bit better than that.
0: Uh, I was thinking, also, there should be a section for, like... You know when you go to, like, some tourist place or something, and, and it's, like, there's a gift shop, obviously... And there's a section where that's it's all like mini license plates, and then but it has names on them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guess who never had a license plate anywhere he ever went his entire childhood? You, Damon, by the way. Just- <laughs> you, <laughs> Damon. I'm sure Damon. there was plenty of Georges, maybe even some Errands. There's zero Damons anywhere ever.
3: Yeah, that right. wasn't a
0: name back then. No. But I feel mm. like we need to kind of account for the names of the people that are going to be coming to GI, and nah. and. The license plate that says Gary is going to take up like two rows. It's going to be that many Garys. A lot of Garys. Brittany. A lot of Brittany's. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Cheryl Lynn. Yeah. (laughs) With with S-H and C-H.
1: (laughs) And there's going to be some Cheyennes, and that's going to be guys and gals.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that just struck me something too, Damon. Good point. Maybe the gift shop. You know, there's always jewelry there. All they have is turquoise jewelry. That's it. They don't have anything else. Oh yeah. That's mm-hmm. all they have. There isn't anything else. You don't have to ask, does that come in turquoise? Everything does. <laughs> Maybe some <laughs> jade. Maybe some jade. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're like a like in the like the necklace and it, in, in Japanese characters it says live, love, laugh. You know, that kind of thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> live, love, laugh, bone. Bone. <laughs> Now, so, like, I mean, what's great about this is that you could do, like, like Costco, it'll probably have, like, a membership thing, and, like, with that membership gets you into, you know, like, will will there be, like, some of the most dynamite parties ever held at that facility for the members? Of course. Will it happen at the top of every season? Yeah, you bet. Will there be (laughs) themes? Of course there will. So, like, you don't even have to go on the vacation. Just being part of it will get it on and get you done and get you set up to take it out on the streets and like to take a better you out into the quote unquote real world like so if you go if your boss sends you out to you know uh uh, fucking charleston so you go out there and 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 they're not ready for what you're bringing now because you're just so together it's outrageous and if you meet a civilian who's not hip to it you're gonna blow their mind if you meet god forbid you meet another one of you out there forget it you'll burn the place down. This combust, it'll combust. That's right. It's a fucking sweet service that uh, GI is going to provide for people. And, you know, I, I can hear a theme song in my mind. I could see a color palette. You know, I, I, I just see this as going well. I, I, I have a question for you guys. Do we need to advertise or is the branding we're creating just so powerful that the reality of what it is will bring the people and people will talk about it? It will be a word of mouth generator. Would we advise our clients to spend not dollar one on radio spots or TV spots?
3: Yeah. Who are we going for here? Is it just like, is there, is there an elegant ad in the Rob report and that's it? <laughs> you know, that's it. Or, you know, in, in flat magazines, you know, and, and people don't know what it is. You're like, oh, this sounds interesting.
1: Yeah. It's, you know? just like a, it's it. a groovy logo. Like yeah. a, some kind of a G and an I in in cursive. Ooh. Yeah. And it
3: lists all the things that we have that you said in the beginning. You know, right, deli, right. pharmacy. It lists
1: all these things, and there's something weird about it, but you don't know what it is. You know what it's like? It's it's like a a swinger's version of Italy? Have you been there? No,
3: and, no. What's and, I know what it. I've heard of it, but what is that? Yeah, yeah,
1: they have one in Chicago. I didn't ever go to the one in L.A., but the one in Chicago is like it's like three floors of like. There's five different Italian markets, uh, you know. There's there's you know yeah. coffee places. It's all about like then there's like multiple restaurants and it's all varying degrees of like Italian food and and things that have to do with that and like sexy red like grocery and stuff like that for people to go and use. So instead of Italian food, we're talking about you know nice wicker chairs and <laughs> <laughs> nice wicker chair, nice wicker. Yeah, yeah it's still
0: unsoiled.
1: With her chairs that's right as yet on un-
0: <laughs> i feel like like what you asked before about should we advertise this do you remember when myspace was a thing for just kind of like civilians and then dane cook blew up on myspace right, right. yeah and then every douchebag comedian on the planet goes oh i gotta get a myspace account And they all thought that they were gonna just do exactly what dane cook did uh, not realizing like that kind of thing only happens once right yeah. you know The second other people start hearing about it, it just completely dilutes the thing. I don't want this to be a Dane Cook situation. No. Too many douchebags show up and, you know, it's going to just, it's just going to sully the entire experience for the true coxsmen.
1: And also it's like, it can be, it's a scary world out there for real. So if you advertise and let a bunch of cluckers in, who knows what nut gets involved. You gotta go through a process. You know, you gotta go. Whatever the process is, hey man, leave that to the nerds to figure out. That's not that's not up to me.
3: <laughs> it's not my bag. Yeah, <laughs> i I really, I'm really responding to when Damon said True Coxman. I feel like there should be. I'm not going to call it a subset or a club. There should be something. There's some branding involved here where something is called True Coxman. I don't know if it's a line of underwear, if it's a, I don't know what it is, but there's something we have to brand as True Coxman as part of this store. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a special membership, like our uh, a special entry. I don't know what it is, special entrance to the store. This is only for True Coxman. Yeah.
1: Those are the guys who get to go, the guys and the gals who get to go on the, on the uh, special cruises.
3: Yeah. Right. There, it's a subset. It's an extra, you know, extra four-star black card, a black uh, American Express, if you will, like that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And like one of the things that can be offered is that – so you know how like they have – you'll go to like conventions and stuff and there's those <laughs> those people giving uh, – and here's how you use the Vegematic, you know, and there's little – Demos. Uh, yeah. Demos going on. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to attend things like that to, and like that you want to. So you – like here's how you are be, get, get better in the sack. Here's how you – uh, uh, learn to cook better. Here's how you you know. Here's here's some interesting Here, films you can learn about to broaden your the scope of your conversational ability. Here's how you choose wine. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, make yeah. a good and red
0: sauce. You're getting GI certified.
1: That's right. Yes, and so you then are. you become a certified coxman or whatever it was. True like coxman. Said. Yeah. True, True cocksman. Coxman. Yeah.
3: Damon said it. I love that idea. Yeah,
1: and <laughs> from there you you bulk up your uh, your your sexual resume. Yeah, you give it more girth. <laughs> Trick. The, the thing is, is that what you learn from this doesn't help you trick someone. That's not what it's about. Everyone's an educated consumer. You just become a more interesting, groovier person. Real quick story.
0: I think to differentiate the true coxman from the civilian, the amateur, um, Aaron knows what I'm talking about. George might even know, but uh, I used to work with a TV personality and he had a former life where he was well known for doing something else before he was on TV. And through that prestige, he got ended up with this button, just a little lapel button. We walked up to the to the entrance to this secret place and the, the big the giant bouncer was just going to kick our asses out of there. And then my friend just kind of showed him the pin the, and he went, walk right in. And he didn't even question us. And I'm I'm sort of famous, but not as famous as he was. You're podcast famous. I'm podcast yeah, you're pod- famous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, come on. And so uh, we just waltzed right in. and I, So I think that long convoluted story that was probably inaccurate, now that I hear from <laughs> my friends, the Gitmo bros, um, <laughs> a lapel pin is this kind of too you know, provincial for the certified GI Coxman So mm. isn't the obvious thing a cock ring? I was thinking of an earring, but yeah, because you can see it from the outside. But yeah, the
3: cock ring is a better idea.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or a slick slogan that you got to say, but you got to say it backwards or something. Something, Yeah. So like there's an identifiable thing of a cock ring. You just drop, drop, you know, just whip out an eighth of your dick and let them know what's off and (laughs) everybody moves on. (laughs) Coxman Fidelius. (laughs) (laughs) So like my 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 thought is, is that like I love all of this and like I like that it sort of evolved – In my view, and I I hope you guys agree that I like that it evolved into like, it's sort of like an improvement thing where everyone is educated about it. No one's trying to pull a fast one. If you're into the game, be good at the fucking game.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: be excellent at it. Be actually interesting. Not like those kooks who get like books and put them on their bookcase that they've never read or they'll crack open the first part or read just a bit. (laughs) Like get educated about stuff. It'd be yeah. rad for you to be able to think on another more expanded level. And we have to let our, you know, the the members of this
0: secret society know that they're not only doing self-improvement, but they're helping other people. Now, it may sound like you're just it's just how you get how to get laid more. It's not that. You're giving the gift of your better self to multiple partners. You're spreading joy. Exactly. Juicy joy. <laughs> Throughout society, and yeah. uh, and and not only is it in in your sweet sweet love making, but also just being in your presence is a gift.
1: And the word on the street about you becomes so good that that is the advertising. They're like, yeah. what the fucking guy get his shit together. He was a real chooch before, and now he comes in here. He's just got confidence for days. Yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, and it just makes a difference. And it's not like those fucking things like the game and stuff where you learn how to neg people and all that jive." You know? Yeah. That's a hustle. Pick up artists. That, you know, yeah, I'm this not is talking about a hustle. No. I'm talking no, about a lifestyle. No. Success and results speak for themselves. <laughs> exactly right. That's exactly
3: right. By the way, Damon, I want to tell you that when you said your whole speech about that, it was almost the same speech of, of uh, Mark Wahlberg in um, Boogie Nights when he's doing the documentary. <laughs> <laughs> it's a
1: great, yours was better. I love this. I love this. is a great starting point. And I think, I mean, it's obvious, like, this is what our heads are. This is what we're good at. And just because we're not making movies right now, doesn't mean that we have to stop being creative, you know. So yeah, we, we um.
0: respect the the writer strike and the actor strike and everything. Sure. Yeah, you know, we're going to align with our brothers and sisters in the sure. unions, but that doesn't mean that we can't make money doing other things. Yeah, no,
1: this is not about a film, you know, this is or TV or or, or anything like that. It's worthy of a film eventually when those when those lazy asses start writing again. Yeah, this is easily a
0: film. It's a book. It's a TV show. It's everything.
1: Yeah. yeah. But right now, we'll quietly be advising people on how to become uh, the greatest business opportunity that there ever was. Um, well, I have another idea. Tell me what you guys think of this. Like
3: going off of the um, most interesting man ever ad campaign, mm-hmm. what if we just hire guys like that? That work for us and they're kind of like greeters and maybe bartenders. And when they're around and, and and, because no one knows who Geraldo is right. And there's rumors like, I think that's him right there. Mm -hmm. I think that's him. And they're just good looking older fellas that are around like that. It's bingo. It's bingo. it's bingo. It always comes back to bingo. Who, who, who I've referred to as the reluctant Lothario for for a long time,
1: right? And like, and he can do things like you know, because he he has got he he has uh, lighter hair, but like to really like role play, he can get into some hair dye sometimes and come out and go hello, like uh, and 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 sling a sling an accent if he wants to, like and just be this guy. He just walks around being. And like Is that Geraldo? Yeah, there's a rumor that he is. He doesn't have to ever once pretend to be him. That's just the word on the street that that could possibly be true.
0: It's like <laughs> trying to figure out if Higgins is Robin
1: Master. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Which he is. <laughs> Let's be honest. Jeez. So Jeez. the lads. So like, I don't know. I mean, that's that's a fucking great idea and it's money in the bank. And, you know, I, I'd like to encourage someone to uh, to not do this because this is our idea now. So, yeah, don't don't even think about it. It's copyrighted already. I mean, just by yeah. us talking about it. Yeah. So, that's that's a done deal. So, I hope you guys like it cuz it's our idea. <laughs> yeah.
3: And by the way, speaking of, I think there's also legal advice available
1: at uh, at Herallo's. Oh, you got to have that. <laughs> right. Oh, you got to yeah. have that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have another legal department, Mo Defense is going to be have a have a yeah. uh, have <laughs> right. a lean to that you can come and talk to them at <laughs> <laughs> lean to.
0: <laughs> yeah, our, our head of legal is Solginger Bredman.
1: He's going to be there. You know, he wears a lot of cargo shorts. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for that, guys. Uh, th- thanks for coming in uh, on a Thursday night to, uh, dis- <laughs> to discuss this, uh, you know, mid-strike and everything. But, like, that- this is the reason why we're champions.
0: Now I know we were just blue skying, and you know there's there's some still some questions to be answered, and you know we've still got to hammer this thing into shape here. But do you feel like when you call this meeting, did did you fulfill anything? Did you get to a point where you now can walk out thinking, okay, more work to do, but I, I know which direction I'm going.
1: Yeah, I've got my head held high because uh, uh, I know that uh, I found my answer, and I have my answer.
0: All right, I have my answer. I have my answer.
1: You and Michael Kane both. That's right. You know he's coming to GI. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh.
0: He has yeah. a line of clothes at GI. I think, the cane. You know? Yeah, you can oh. get glasses. He has a
1: line of canes, actually. Get yourself a cane. cane. <laughs> Him and Dean Kane fought over that for a while. But, you know, look. You, Obviously, you
3: yield when, you know, you're Dean Kane. You have to yield to Michael Kane. Yeah. He's the cane here, not me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was good. Thank you. And now I'm rewarded for that.
3: Yeah, by being thrown down into the <laughs> fucking bowels of
0: hell.
1: This <laughs> guy keeps naming departments as if we're going to
0: forget that we're sending him down to the torture chamber. <laughs> down, down, torture chamber. Okay, I'm not going to bullshit you, okay? I don't really give a good fuck what you know or don't know.
2: But I'm going to torture you anyway. Suffering. Suffer.
0: As discussed, Aaron is in the torture chamber, and I'm looking back at the episodes. You know where I am? I'm at earinloathing.com, looking at the uh, episode listing. There's so many just beautiful, colorful pictures on here. It's a good place for info, too. Good place to just get info. Yeah. I mean, Mm. it's a good place for the whole family just to gather around the computer and read about (laughs) (laughs) earinloathing. The last episode we did was with our pal Chris, so that was a different timeline, Mm, Right, but the one before that was episode 55 and that was uh, George in the torture chamber and Aaron started with Fallout Boy doing mm-hmm. We Didn't Start the Fire and I brought up the rear with <laughs> Sergeant Barry Sadler. In the rear with the gear. <laughs> in the rear with the gear with Barry.
1: <laughs> Which means
0: I think I have to go first today. Okay.
1: Do it. Okay. I love it.
0: So I am going to take you lads back to 1984. Mm, Good year. (laughs) And look what I found. A department. Speaking of Mm. all those departments at GI. (laughs) Um.
1: (laughs) Geraldo's interaction. (laughs) Uh.
0: Uh, So this comes from the... When I make a pros and cons list and there are no pros, then I'm pretty sure that... (laughs) I have my answer. I have my answer. (laughs) You know exactly
1: what you're looking at when there's no pros.
0: The list has spelled it out for me, okay? Mm -hmm. Yes. So, pros and cons from 1984. Let's see what this is all about. Here we go.
2: Lyrics
0: on the way.
1: Anyone recognize this yet? Pros no. and cons of hitchhiking.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes. The, the, by the way, that uh, stunning guitar work you just heard was, no, no one, slow hand. I was just going to say, it sounded like Clapton, and I,
3: I hate both you fucking assholes, because I now can recognize that. <laughs> never thought about it. Never had an opinion. Yeah. Now I fucking can. Oh, it's Clapton.
1: <laughs> yeah. And this is Roger at his chuckly uh, best. Uh, This is
0: Roger Waters with a song called The Pros and Cons of Hitchhiking, which I forgot how much I hated this song. You know, this might even just be a Damon torture. I don't know. Some people seem to like Roger Waters and and his whole shtickola. But uh, this I, I just think this guy is so full of hot air. And I got a lot to say about Roger Waters, but I send you guys the lyrics just because I need you to understand how confounded I am by this song. It doesn't make any fucking sense at all. And uh, let's just carry on with this lyrical journey from, from Roger Waters, <laughs> nineteen
3: eighty-four. Okay. Shoo, shoo, shoo. Puts his back up on his stand, leans back, and then extends the score, and a hand.
0: Bro, stick to your own key, please. I mean What what's going on here? What is this an album? What is this? Just, <laughs> it's
1: a concept
3: record or what? It, it is going a concept
1: on? record, I think, okay. Damon. Isn't it? not it all is this the one that's done. It's like it takes place over a specific amount of time.
0: Where yeah, like one
1: is like six thirty or something like that. Yeah,
0: exactly right. Now, okay. th-
1: what you're listening to—the song—is known as
0: uh, "The Pros and Cons of Hitchhiking," but it, the song is actually called "5:01 AM." Fucking asshole! And the concept of this whole fucking idiotic album is that it's a guy's dream, and <laughs> of he course. has like these twelve <laughs> different scenes that he, that happen in his dream. What a ripoff!
1: It was a dream, and then he's got
3: <laughs> these characters. In here, someone got cocky after they made the wall. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Well, I'm glad you brought that up because there's a good story, you know, to goes along with with the wall as well in this stupid album. But um, yeah, just try to you know kind of machete your way through the bamboo of this these fucking lyrics. It's impossible. You don't know what he's talking about, and you don't care. That's the problem. It's not like you want to kind of dig into the song and go, boy, this sounds like, this could make sense to me if I just kind of put my head to it and figure because it out. Because who
1: cares if it's about his dream? What are the yeah. <laughs> what, what are the fucking consequences? With the wall, it's a guy going into madness and shutting out the world like everyone is in danger of. And he had a horrible right. childhood, right? Yeah, and, he, and his father was murdered. Like, yeah. that's, a, that's a relatable series of consequences. This is his dream. But eventually the guy just wakes up. And he goes, <laughs> oh, it's just a dream, so what? Uh,
3: <laughs> and he goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's it. Oh, fuck. I think I have a glass of water. after have to pee. Whatever.
0: <laughs> this isn't with Pink Floyd. This is a solo effort. Yes. This was, okay. uh, you know, just the, I think their final album was the final cut. The year eighty okay. three, mm-hmm. And then, it, and then this one came out the next year after that. Hmm. So, I mean, if, if you guys can even like give me 10% of what this, this stupid song is about. I'll be happy to hear it, but I don't. We just have to sit through it and then, you know, pray for a quick death, okay?
2: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. And it's Clapton doing his his cut rate Gilmore.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that's what
3: I was. I, David Gilmore says nothing to do with this, then, okay?
1: No, no, yeah, yeah. This it's weird that you're longing for David Gilmore,
0: you know?
1: <laughs> I always do. I love him, but like, because those riffs are so tasty that he does, and there's so much vibe and soul in what he does, and it's weird to me that like. I kind of don't really care about – I like authentic blues. What I don't care about is honky's taste on blues. Especially um, British guys. Right. Where, like, I dig – I mean, there's big, big exceptions. But, like, by and large, I don't care. And so, like, what David Gilmore when G- David Gilmore plays a quote-unquote bluesy moment, I hear a David Gilmore part. When Slowhand does it, I hear a guy copying the blues. Mm. I guess is my point. Because I, I adore Dave Gilmore and I fucking, you know, we know how I feel about Slowhand, So, <laughs> I I like David Gilmore too.
0: I just don't, I never cared that much about Pink Floyd and people worship right. all of those guys in that band. And so I just thought, I just kind of lumped him in with with the rest of them. Like, yeah, okay. Good guitar player moving. I like the way he sings sometimes on, on some of those good Pink Floyd songs. But now I, I realize when I listen to this, to Roger Waters solo stuff, I'm like, boy, Gilmore was such a necessary component to rein this guy yeah. in. And that's, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. the Legendary fights in the studio. And now I understand why. Because yep. Gilmore was just trying to rein
1: this moron in from doing this kind of shit, you know? Because what's cool is that, like, when somebody has a big idea person, and that's fucking Roger. He's just a big idea man. And, like, every band fucking needs that. You need at least one of those guys. But, like, what's bitching about a band... Is that is that what he can get through in a group dynamic is typically a good thing because it's been filtered through other minds to some degree, even if you're a control freak checks and balances yeah when you take those dudes away it's just the pure raw molasses that comes out of a tree and that shit sucks, yeah I'm looking at you, Freddie
0: Mercury, and your solo record. <laughs>
1: <laughs> God bless, but Jesus. Yeah, we could throw sting on that pile, too. Yeah, it's important to fucking defend your point sometimes, you know, of and course. to champion it and hone it and participate with somebody. It's what's awesome about being in a band. Yeah. So, Or with singers who, who work very closely with producers, you mm-hmm. know, but no one's telling fucking Roger Waters shit, and no one did from really animals on Yeah, right.
3: if he could say, help it.
1: Yep. <laughs> if he could help it. I don't know. I love the Floyd, but like him on his own- I cannot be bothered. with. <laughs> Certainly not casually. Damon, can you imagine like throwing this on, put it on a mixtape? Oh
0: God, I know we Please. haven't even got to the shitty chorus yet. Yeah, I'm... the clunky sort of like wedged in chorus. It just feels so unnatural in, in the rest of this dumb song, this, this this cut rate Pink Floyd song.
3: Why does it say Jack Palance and Madeline Bell? And I, I left that
0: stu- I left that stuff in just to make the point of how stupid this this whole concept is. Meaning he got. Like voice actors to come in and play roles. Jack Palance plays Hell's Angel. Like He's a character in this stupid fucking thing. Was he singing on this first verse? Or He said he had some line about how you doing,
1: bro, or something at, at one point. I don't think says, we've got to
3: that yet, right? Or yeah. maybe we did. Yeah,
1: so this is all Roger's dream. Guess what? I had a dream, too, that you got back with fucking Pink Floyd and shut the fuck up. <laughs>
3: You and David Gilmore made up and made some decent music for you all the time.
1: <laughs> Or that you f- realized you hated making music. Right. <laughs> rather than just inflicting your ambivalence on me. <laughs> I also think that Roger Waters has this
0: low self-esteem about his singing voice. Like, I'm not going to fault the guy for... He has a style, the, the shouty... It's shout, it's, yeah, but I'm not going to fault him for not being a great singer. It's that I think he didn't think he was a mediocre singer. Like, he, oh, if, if Gilmore could do... Gilmore, who was that beautiful kind of soothing voice right and roger's just nowhere near that he's got that as you said he has to sort of shout to make his point. you
1: better run <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's fucking got a lot of crazy energy and it's all but it's scary as hell i like it in like what does he sing money or something or yeah there's there's a handful of them that uh, hey you uh, is him?
0: Yeah, so it kind of works on a, on a couple songs. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is, they brought in. A, yeah. They were fighting yeah.
1: in the studio about who's going
0: to sing "Have a Cigar." And the buddy of theirs was recording, I guess, in the same facility. And they brought him in, and they asked him to sing. So he did a better version of Roger Waters <laughs> singing "Have a Cigar" than Roger Waters could have actually done himself. If you know that song "Have a Cigar," George, you know which one's pink and all that. I don't. You do. You've heard it. I'm just Probably, not doing yeah. a good job Probably. of explaining yeah. it. Yeah. We've got the name, boys. Well, How does that song go, Aaron? got uh, the uh,
1: gravy train. Uh, you, the band is fantastic. That's really why it, uh, what I think. And by the way, which one's pink? Yeah. going <laughs> to tell you the name of the game, oh, boys. We're yeah. going to ride the gravy train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not ringing a bell. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's all pops and buzzes with you. Yeah, (laughs) pops and buzzes. And he's doing a a, a Roger Waters voice and doing it better than Roger Waters because he's a better singer.
1: (laughs) And I think Roger's even more pissed about that. Like, oh, man, that's another one I I couldn't sing. He's got a big chip on his shoulder, too. Like, it's always been my take on him is like, like, he is the massive idea man. Like, I fucking never can take that away from him. Mm -hmm. And I think he's a fucking genius in his way. But, like, all the best bass things he's ever done, Dave did. All the best singing he ever done. That other done it. Done it. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, so I think that his chip gets larger and larger and larger, and he becomes, in my impression, a bit of a hate machine. You know, <laughs> he's a big brain, a big active brain, and like that could be very cool. And because of him, the ideas happen. But like, oh, golly, sounds a bit much.
0: And also, I wonder if he has some some issues with the fact that guys like Pete Townsend. Was known for his rock operas and, and celebrated for his rock operas, and it seems like Roger Waters is trying to do do the same thing on every album, right? It's just on it's, every album, it's concept yeah, like,
1: album. Yeah, I don't know that they all have to be these big statements. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, like a, a, a collection of songs is cool too. Yeah, but like if you're not writing about love, I guess that could be hard because then you have to like a lot of stuff has to tie together. If you're, you know, if it's all a big idea.
3: Yeah. Maybe he just needs a big, uh, maybe he just needs a big, huge, like moog keyboard that makes you know whale noises. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you know. Or Where's muskets. the collabo with him <laughs> and uh, and Daryl Dragon?
3: Yeah, yeah. There. there you go. Now that's a record.
1: Right. Now we're talking. <laughs> Fuck you! I worked with the Beach Boys. <laughs> we are staying away from this song. Uh, we we yeah. need to get through I at least know. some more. God damn it! All right. <laughs> okay, let's We uh, did yeah, We even get to the chorus yet? Here we go. <laughs> What is he fucking talking about? I'd rather listen to the devil came down to Georgia, <laughs> 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 and he's talking it like it's kind of the same thing, you know, <laughs> you know it's a talkie song. Two people having a back and forth, which you fucking can't understand in this format, and who gives a shit what he's talking about. And in the end, he's a fucking dreamer. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? Right. Devil went down to Georgia. That's stakes, baby. Yeah. That really happened. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> at the crossroads. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Slohan. <laughs> All right. A housewife
3: from Encino, whose
1: husband's on the golf course He's referencing another song of his own here. Fuck, it's upsetting me. I
0: don't know what he's trying to like say in a housewife from Encino whose husband's on the golf course with his book ha of rules. You know, that's his commentary, I guess that that guy doesn't play by rules or something. What what does this mean? So far, this, this seems like
3: it's just um, maybe a guy who had uh, too many pina coladas in an afternoon at the Sagebrush
1: Cantina. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear a story about that guy. Like, yeah. like, have some fun in life and write that. But <laughs> if you're not in Pink Floyd to get your big ideas wrangled, you need to have much smaller ideas. Because I, I don't want to sit through your meandering, dude. <laughs> hmm. You know
0: who, who celebrates songs like this? In fact, this song in particular... Uh, and Aaron and I have talked about this. George knows what we're talking about, too. That kind of late 80s, early 90s era of KLOS where Jim Ladd would do these like epic sessions like what do you call it like head head you're supposed to wear headphones and, and it's yeah headsets headsets, headsets. Right, headsets right, right. yeah on Sundays yeah right. and, and this <laughs> we would play this shit all the time in fact I was astounded to realize that this song was from 1984 because I got so used to hearing Jim Ladd played in the early 90s I thought it was like a 1991 album or something even at that young age I was going what's this guy's fucking problem I don't know what he's talking about <laughs> you've <laughs> I mean, heard this before <laughs> yeah Jim Ladd really? used to play this shit all the time yeah okay. The only weird part is he was playing like seven years after it came out. I mean, maybe it was played a lot in the 80s, too. Came out in 84. It made the album made it to like number 31 on the Billboard charts. But I think that's only a only because he was in Pink Floyd and they still were a re- relevant thing. And this this album made it a top 20 all around the world. So it was a hit album for sure. It's just I don't think anyone talks about it anymore because it do, it doesn't make any sense. And it's not good. It's lousy.
1: <laughs> it's just lousy, and it's a fucking jerk off too. Like it's it's like you had me with hatred when you said, and it was just a dream, you know. So like all of this, all of these fucking lyrics, all this time, and all this explanation to say that it's a fucking dream. Like why do I have to take a look inside your dumb head,
0: <laughs> guys? We got to get on this. There's six more verses. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell! All right, come on. I keep stopping it, but here we go. <laughs> All right, here comes the majestic chorus.
1: Really makes you want to hear Meatloaf, doesn't it? Like (laughs) somebody doing this good.
3: Weird, like what is? this? kind of a. Suddenly,
0: suddenly, it's it's cabaret or something, or. (laughs) Yeah, Aaron, I put in my notes trying to be a Meatloaf song. You know. Or
3: do do you think at some points in this he's trying to like? kind of be like bowie that's what i'm getting that tone he's hitting everyone
1: tries to get what he's got going naturally yeah. and they, they no one can it's a good point jorge i never would have but the same kind of, of
3: lyrics like this where it, you know bowies are cool like that one thing he just said there it felt like um not young americans but you know with that with the back the background vocals to young americans are, it's like this too yeah with the black girls or you know what i mean it sounds like
0: like mm-hmm. that and I think, I think he's trying to do that somewhere along the way here. I hate this chorus so much. I just remember looking at the radio going, what, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Why are these girls singing this stupid line about the pros and cons of hitchhiking? By the way, what are the pros and cons of hitchhiking? Uh, nobody knows. I don't know what the answer to that is. And we're never going to fucking find out because it was just a dream.
1: He so says, oh babe, like, no I go. must
3: be dreaming. So I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I doubt very much that at the very last song it doesn't go. And this truly was the pros and cons of hitchhiking.
0: <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed your journey.
3: Yeah,
1: they're yeah, it's shouting. Like, it sounds like Bowie. I'm telling you right there. That's what he's trying to be like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And these are all class act, like top notch yeah. performers. And they're stuck with this track. He got clapped in. We're going
0: to, I think we're going to hear from David Sanborn later, my one of my enemies of all time. <laughs> oh, is he at the saxophone, Damon? Yeah, I oh think shit! Be sax. Oh and my then god! The verse coming up. Andy Newmark's the drummer. Great drummer, by the way.
1: A lot of Bowie connections here. David Sanborn, Andy Newmark.
0: Yep. And uh we're gonna, you're gonna hear more about Andy Newmark in a minute. But, but this guy. This is my little parenthetical thought. But Ray Cooper. You know that guy, the bald guy who's always like caressing a tambourine and every. <laughs> I dude, What a nice little scam that guy's got going. I mean, yeah, dude. Like. He probably gets paid fucking top dollar to s- sit there with his bullshit, swinging that tambourine around.
1: He's been everywhere, played with everyone, like Live Aid, check, fucking for fucking Cambodia, yeah. check, like fucking Bangladesh, check, like everything he's at, he I've shows s- up.
0: I've seen him interviewed and he seems like a, a genuinely nice guy, but why wouldn't you be? You know, he's a top tambourinist. He, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen him do any percussion that, like, I go, wow, there, there's a reason that he's number one in the world. That guy's just, he's always swinging the tambourine around and making it look like he's doing something more than he is. You know, I've played a I mean, tambourine before. Do you think his house has, like, a room full of tambourines, like, this different? There's, like,
3: hundreds of them. He's got to yeah. pick one out, you know, like, they're tuned to each key of the song. <laughs> Into
1: an emotion. This is a very happy tamarind. This is a <laughs> oh. sad,
3: sad tambo. There's a little tiny, tiny one that's like a thimble and then one that's the size of a gong. Like they're
1: all <laughs> different
0: sizes.
3: Like.
1: This tamarind is very political. This one.
0: <laughs> this is my favorite. It's the rascal of the bunch. <laughs>
3: <laughs> There's one that's all broken, and he's he's like Nigel Tufnell like no, don't even don't no don't, don't, don't yeah. look at that don't don't just get away from it.
1: <laughs> We've all all had relationships that have collapsed, don't we? <laughs> this tambourine reminds me of my father. How we we, we never spoke, we never connected,
3: and I'll never I'll never pick it up. I've never taken up
1: <laughs> all right, cool Ray. Uh, can, can I go? <laughs> And this was just called Lucy, isn't it? <laughs> what the, what? Why? This one here is just a tambourine. Right. Just that flat, your bog standard <laughs> t- tambourine. Tambourine. <laughs> Ray, you billed me three hours to bring in your
0: entire percussion set, and all you're doing is just swinging a tambourine around.
3: <laughs> what are those two semis? Oh, those are raised tambourines. <laughs> those are more tambourines. I thought that was the, the Kiss set. Is that the Kiss set? No, it's raised tambourines. <laughs> It's two semi-trucks. Holy
0: shit. It's TM- TMZ guy has a jet now.
3: They're making money
0: over there, probably off of us.
3: Yeah.
0: Got more downloads, huh? Hey, Damon, I rented this thing from Tom Cruise.
1: Everyone's out of work right now, huh? A lot of tambourines, huh? <laughs> It's my favorite part of this so far is being able to talk about (laughs) raised (laughs) hamburgers. So anyway, Roger's got a bunch of these
0: kind of world-class players on here, but I'm just, even the the girls are good singers. It's just, he's making them shout and screech this horrible chorus. I don't know. All right, come on. You guys are right. This is like taking too long. Yeah. Why did he put it in that key where the girls are having a hard time hitting it, and so Roger's got to get up there with them? It's weird.
1: If the girls can't hit it, we know who else cannot hit it. <laughs> right. The guy who wrote it. The guy that, that has balls in tremors. his
3: pants. <laughs> <sighs> I, I oh went for the God. volume knob in that, guys, right away. <laughs>
1: Song am I thinking of? Yeah, I know. He's it's ripping bothering himself me off. Too. I can almost
0: sing
2: it. They're
1: yeah. gonna love you.
2: Yeah. Is
0: it? Have I a cigar. Know. Are you <laughs> saying that a guy who who writes songs might have written two songs that sound the same? <laughs>
1: he's just he's biting his own rhymes. <laughs> I can't take this much more, dude. All right. <laughs> I mean, I'm in. I'm being tortured. So, like, what what say do yeah, I have? I know.
0: There's a lot left. And shut up and take your. Medicine. <laughs> there's, there's one. There's one thing I want to get to. It's towards the end. Um, very towards the end. But I, if we don't get there, I'm going to explain it to you. Okay. So Is it this conversation see. in you know verse seven and eight. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, carrying on a little bit. Andy Newmark worked with with uh, John Lennon and Yoko Ono on on D- Double Fantasy. He was the drummer mm-hmm. on that album. And then he told Roger that he had a dream about Yoko Ono, I, I guess telling him these things about jump and, and stuff. And so, so Roger... So who's
3: dream? It's, everyone's having a dream here. The drummer yeah. has a dream, and the tambourine <laughs> guy has a dream, and the fucking... Is 17 the bass player's dream? Like, fuck <laughs> you.
0: Yeah, I, it's so hard to get through. I mean... When we're doing our research, you know, we have to listen to our songs a couple times just to kind of get some, extract some gags and information out of it. I don't think I listened to this whole song all the way through
1: once this whole time I've been preparing for this. Yeah. How could you ask that of yourself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet you that the that the only person who has listened to this is Rod. <laughs> yeah. You know, the engineers would walk out for like another smoke. They're like, you got one going, dude. You want to? Yeah. Oh, okay. I get you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so this is this song is so fucking obtuse. It's mm-hmm. impenetrable. I don't on any level. It's not like the well, I can't understand the lyrics, therefore I reject it. It's like I can't understand why you would do this song in the first place. You know? <laughs> it's it's this is awful. But uh I guess I can, you know, shut this down now. I think you got a good taste of it there, A dog. <laughs>
1: yeah i mean there's a reason like and i again i'm a pink floyd head i love them. yeah i fucking love them. and there's a fucking big reason why i have never once gotten it like this and radio chaos yeah i mean all i had to find out damon was like i took a little look at like what are these times oh fuck you <laughs> <laughs> the name of the time oh, oh my god fuck off dude that's enough that's enough <laughs> well a couple
0: other things okay number one Kurt Loder in 1984 reviewed this album and Mm -hmm. said, quote, Roger Waters' first official solo album will be of sustained interest mainly to post-analytic Pink Floyd fetishists and other highly evolved neurotics. <laughs> 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 he also called it a faintly hideous record. <laughs> was 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 this was this review Amen. a dreamer? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Clapton and uh, another guitar player went out. I think Newmark did too. Went out on tour for this album with him. Mm-hmm. And at one point, they both noped out because roger was just insistent on the on the album being exactly note for note the same um, the, the, the the tour being the exact note for note uh, replica of the of the album and they just went uh,
1: all right later yeah you don't need me then roger yeah you can get any douche yeah to just play my parts when we get to franklin tennessee i'm going home <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm off this bus. This is bullshit. I'm not.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's play the same thing every fucking night and look at all these fucking tambourine trucks and eat fucking stare at this fucking old hummus in the fucking green room. Fuck off. In the smartest
0: move since booting Sid Barrett out of the band, <laughs> Roger offered this concept about the guy dreaming about the pros and cons of hitchhiking and the wall, George, as you mentioned before. He goes, Do you guys like the wall? Or do you like and wisely the guys in Pink Floyd, yeah, yeah, we're gonna go with the wall there, Raj. Let's, let's <laughs> oh, on. this was the this was the, this other, the pitch other idea. The, yeah. yeah. Oh. So he goes, Well, fine, I'll just do it as my solo album. And they're like Good. Wow. Well, yeah. Aaron's point is made about the band, right <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah. Like, you need the lads, you know? Jesus. So the final thing is, and you know what? I'm gonna break my own rules and just go to the end of the song because I need you to hear this. We're on the last verse, guys. I need you to hear this. Yes. Uh, it's refrain four. All right, and so he he kind of has been referencing Yoko throughout the the, the lyrics throughout here. So let's listen to uh, uh, what part of the dream are we in I'm it's, sorry, it's at the last verse. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's when it's when uh, Roger stopped drooling and rolled over <laughs> w- with Joey. This is yeah, Joey. Jo- Roger waters Joey and Yoko. Ono is the name of this verse. All right. So listen to, listen to his little uh, his little cheeky thing here. Let me see if I can get this going here the music oh, there we go here we go. yeah did you understand the music yoko mm-hmm. all right did you guys catch that hero it's her yelling or something shame very faintly in the background he
1: said hero in an
0: asian accent
1: right right good stuff raj
0: oh
3: i didn't know what that was okay I thought you were saying hero. Sorry, I didn't. It's spelled like
0: that because it's the two R's instead of the L's, which no, is the way I people make it. fun of yeah. it. So yeah. <laughs> I got the racism. Yeah, I got the
1: racism. The good stuff. It's a simpler time, right? 84, yeah. Raj. <laughs> yeah. You stopped that.
0: Oh, wait, you haven't stopped uh, that? Oh. Jam Never a Pollock joke into here. It's hilarious. <laughs> <What> yeah. <happens? laughs> Because Roger's garage. got a lot of thoughts about the israeli Palestine conflict. He's got a lot of thoughts about Ukraine and Russia, and people want to hear them, <laughs> yeah. and and he gets all annoyed when when you push back on him with his sort of bullshit takes on all of this stuff. But then he's, you know, chiming in with like a making fun of an Asian accent in his in this in a song, making fun of Yoko Ono, by the way. This podcast has made fun of Yoko a shit ton. but i don't don't recall one time when we, it was because she was Japanese
3: no. There's so many other things you can make fun
1: of. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It has zilch to do with the issues that Yoko has. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It does
3: zero that she's Asian. Yeah. All
0: right. So there you go. Roger Waters uh, making a a little racist jab at Yoko Ono. And we'll wrap it up there, boys. (laughs) (laughs) Good Christ. Fucking Raj. God, I've hated that song since I've heard it and... And I, I never understood
1: it. That was the thing. I just went, "What? What is this guy doing?" We just talked about it for forty five minutes. I still don't understand. That yeah, it. Like, yeah, like, it makes no the sense. The point of it. that was a dream. That it's a dream. <laughs> but like, but fuck off. I can't anything. Anything besides that now should be in my head. I'm begging you to torture me, Georgie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, George, you want to walk
1: this one up?
3: Ah, uh, yes. So, um, I, I'm, I'm very surprised given the, um, the subjects of our of our podcast in general, the theme that we have not done this because this turd is been sitting here forever. I think it's such a heavy turd. It sank to the bottom of the turd pond <laughs> <laughs> and it really is a hallmark. I mean, through our entire childhood, this was considered the worst song ever. The cheesiest worst song ever by everyone was goofed on and everything else. So you're going to know it right away and roll it.
2: Yeah.
0: It's a torture prototype.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it is the torture prototype. It's the it's the first song I can remember of people goofing on it and saying, this is a universally recognized terrible song. Yeah. So, let it go.
0: Okay.
2: Feel it. <laughs> Nothing more than
0: feel it. One word just causes everyone to just That's break it. out of laugh. That's it.
3: Yeah. could almost stop now. I don't yeah. know what's coming. And I, I, I marveled that, at that, that I'd forgotten that through our entire childhood, when anyone was doing in an, any TV show, anyone you were doing a joke about a terrible singer singing a terrible song, you did this.
1: Yeah, shorthand for oversensitive. Yeah. Anybody would be feelings.
3: Yeah. A bad song. Just a bad song. This was the one that you (laughs) did as the joke.
0: Yeah. The one I remember is on the Simpsons when Milhouse's parents get divorced and his dad puts out an album. (laughs) And it's it's called, can I borrow a feeling? (laughs) (laughs) Right. I forgot that. Direct connection to this. I think he's even like on the cover, like this picture of the singer. With his open chest, you know, kind of disco suit on. And I think House's dad is wearing the same kind of thing on the cover. You're doing his,
3: the, the singer who's, by the way, Morris Albert. <laughs> yeah. Um, is doing it like it's, it's on that cover there. That's his best Neil Diamond. Yeah, He's got the hair, sure. the whole outfit, the whole thing. So yeah. This is Morris Albert. This is his only hit. Uh, 74, it was a single. 75 on the album of the same name. Did incredible business internationally. Uh, huge hit everywhere. Um, adult Contemporary. Uh, number 6 on the hot 175 um and to your point uh about everyone's done this um the one that i came up with that made me laugh the most that you guys may remember so in 1990 when mc hammer was the biggest star in the world and had a pepsi contract it's a commercial he's on stage he's performing and he has some pepsi and and then then the 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 voice the uh voiceover says uh We switched um, MC Hammer's normal Pepsi to this other brand. And they pour Coca-Cola into into his glass backstage. And he's on stage jamming, doing, you know, can't touch this. And they pour that in his glass backstage. He comes out for the encore after drinking the Coke. He starts starts singing Feelings. (laughs) (laughs) And a kid in the front goes, Hammer! And gives him some Pepsi. He drinks the Pepsi and goes, proper! And then starts dancing again to You Can't Touch This. (laughs) Uh, Okay, that's good. Exactly what I'm saying about even in 1990, 15 years after this came out, it was still the worst song ever. When yeah, but guess what? Yeah. Morris
1: Morris got paid.
3: <laughs> you're right. Oh,
1: oh. for that, yeah. for that. Well, like goof on it all you want, dog. Shit. Well,
3: he did, except I didn't know this about this song. So, in 1986, a French songwriter named Louis Gaste, <laughs> um sued, uh, sued uh, Morris Albert for this. Because he took it from his 1957 song, which is called Portois. <laughs> which is and, why? And he won and he won the and I it, it's there. So they it's just shared
1: it. the. they just shared the credit now.
3: Yeah. It's since 86 that he had he's been having to pay. Uh, he's been having to they share the credit now.
1: I'm sure so, that the pile of money isn't bad even when it's a half a pile.
3: Oh yeah. no, no, oh, absolutely everyone's so many people have done this song, like everybody's done this. but let's let's listen to a little more
1: as
0: if we need to, but go ahead. My other favorite <laughs> one was when Roger Waters was making fun
1: of Yoko on singing this, and he goes,
0: <laughs> "Fear rings.
1: <laughs> He's probably doing that somewhere tonight on stage. Yeah. <laughs> awesome Raj. I actually have a lot of questions about this song, but I'm going to let it play for a little bit. Okay. Because you're right. It's this
0: ubiquitous kind of like, uh-huh, feelings. And then I just don't know anything about Morris Albert. I don't know about who wrote the song. So I need George to fill that in. Sure. With his usual magnifique we'll, research we'll that research. he's done. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Trying to forget my feelings of love. Teardrops rolling down on my face.
0: This is like quintessential '70s, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. soft rock. Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, who's our boy, uh, the Crier? The soft uh, Dan Hill. Dan, Dan Hill. Hill yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, makes Dan Hill seem pretty butch, though. You're right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, Dan Hill's like, pull your shit together, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
2: Trying to forget my
1: feelings of love. Feelings. Whoops. Oh, that's a fucking clam. Yeah. <laughs> shit. They let that one go? Like, he's got a great voice. They couldn't fucking go, take two.
0: <laughs> it's, it just shows how emotional he is trying to forget his feelings of love. <laughs> he barely gets to why. It.
1: That's why Louis really sued him. He's like, You fucking clamming it up, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Pourquoi? <laughs> 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 I got feelings. It's called an earache. <laughs> <laughs> Pourquoi, mon ami?
3: For my life, I feel.
1: Fa, 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 feelings. Fa, fa, flowly. <laughs> fla fla low high, fla fla <laughs> monkey, <laughs>
0: da <Dada>, da dummy,
1: <laughs> fla, fa 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 Why did you do that for? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Weirdo Booey
0: <laughs> Someone had to have done that I think You know they've already done it Yeah I know
3: Write <laughs> <laughs> five of these on Edward Stern It's the most lampoon song ever It's the worst song ever
2: <laughs> I wish I'd never met you girl You'll never come again
1: That's what you call a meandering piano. Yeah. Is he playing a different song? (laughs) He's still playing the pros and cons of hitchhiking. It's like someone's (laughs) tuning a piano and they've got the the, the tool up in the string and he's just hitting any key to make like, where are we here?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Was Morris's cat walking across the keys? (laughs) Okay, George, tell me more about this guy. Okay. There's not, not too much to tell, really.
3: He's a, he's, he's Austrian, <laughs> but oh. he moved to, but he, his real name is Mauricio Alberto Kaiserman. <laughs> that's why he changed it to Morris Albert. Um, and then, but he, he ended up in Brazil with his family. Um, you know, was in an act. They had a couple, a couple of songs there. Um, but nothing, nothing of note at all. He was a guitar player. Then, um, he stole this song from the French fella. <laughs> it became this huge hit. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Portois. Yeah. And, uh, and, I mean, it, it, it God damn, it sold 160 million records worldwide. It was a huge international hit. Um, gold record in the United States. Had, he didn't have anything after this, really. There was some song called She's My Girl, which I never heard after. I never heard before. That was in 78. Um, and that's it. He's a one hit wonder. And everyone has everyone has covered this song. Um a guy named Walter Jackson had a, a number ninety-three hit with it in seventy seven, two years later. And I listened to that and his is Walter Jackson is, is uh is black and his is a little more soulful. Um still did he shitty, go Wah
1: wah wah Walter. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And, but you can, you can hear like, like Johnny Mathis does this, um, Jim Neighbors did it, Gloria Gaynor, Brenda Lee. There's, I listened to a thing of Elvis doing it. I don't know if that ever got released, but there's Elvis did this song. Um, yeah, I mean, everybody, and and then in weirdly, um, in, I think the early nineties, whenever the offspring was a popular band, they did a version of this. It's like a faster, punky, speed metal-ish kind of version where they change everything kind of to hate instead of love,
0: you know, (laughs) and it's odd. I can't imagine any scenario, any singer, any, you know, kind of rearrangement of the song to improving the song. It's just, it's just so bad, you know? Yeah,
3: it's, it's, yeah, it's, I, I, again, I can't believe that I, I thought, how did we miss this this yeah. should have been the first song we ever listened to. This was the this is this was the bad song of our whole lives. But, and it's not on any list anywhere. Ever.
1: I don't Yeah, that's weird. It's never on any list. Yeah, it's one of those songs that's like even for parents or like grandparents who are like really into like gym neighbors or like <laughs> AOR music, like anything about that, would view this as a bridge way too fucking far right. like yes cornier than corn itself
3: right. right it's the corny if you're doing an impression of a cheesy lounge act you do this yeah right for years for 20 years when we were kids that's what you did i don't know do you want it what else do you want to know about morris albert that's all i really got to him and I. he didn't really do much after this he didn't
0: i didn't know where he was from yeah does he still exists like he a person? he's a he's alive he's 71 years old lives in italy <laughs> wow he's yeah he's probably sitting on some fat royalties for sure yeah, I and, mean,
1: even half of a hundred and ten million records sold, shit, dude, and that's well, before they, the covers.
3: And that it wasn't until '86 either. That means for ten years he didn't, right? He didn't Did share shit. It, and if you guys want to, you can you can play a little of uh, of, port, of Portois if you want, Damon. I sent it to you. I don't know if you want to put yourself oh. through that. It's a better song than this. But you can you can hear what he's talking about. That it's just, it's the mel- the melody's very similar.
0: Okay, I'll check it out in a second. Mm-hmm. Um. By the way, he's also enjoying, in the year 2023, the Gitmo bump.
3: Exactly. He's going to get a little Gitmo <laughs> sale out of this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, Morris, right. if that's your I, I, real and name. By the way,
3: other thing is, I'd never listened to the whole thing of this. Yeah. Before this, I'd, I'd never, I'd never, you know, you always heard this, this as much as we've heard now and went like, oh, God, this, and that was it. And it was a funny joke. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was elevator music and all that. You know, I remember hearing instrumentals of this in an elevator when I was a kid.
1: Like, <laughs> But at least with elevator music, like, you only have a couple of floors to go. I mean, right. right. That's <laughs> even on a short song. Even if that little kid gets
0: on, it hits all the buttons, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you only have, like, a verse to get through. Let's listen to Portois. Sure. Got that low end. Aaron can do that on bass. He just doesn't want to. Yeah.
1: <laughs> sounds like Henry Mancini. Yeah. Now
0: it sounds like Neil Hefty. <laughs> 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 of bag fame. Bag
1: fame,
2: yeah.
1: Pour <laughs> <laughs> J'ai quitté ce que j'aimais. Whoa, yeah. Yeah,
3: there it is, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were saying pourquoi as in why. No, pourquoi, uh, T O I. Uh, like tortilla? Why do you have to go to the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> toy, toy. <laughs> toy, T
0: O I. It's up to your bladder, dude. Why you, right? Is that what that means? Why you, pourquoi? With you? I don't know. I don't know, George. We speak English in this country. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a
1: straight rip. For a sure, a straight
3: rip, a straight rip. I mean, right there, and he, yeah. Yeah, that's that's it, right there. And oh wow. Well. And it, so, it, so this shitty song—it's that's what really made me most convinced me to do this was that not only is this shitty song, he also stole it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not even his fucking song. It's like his it's fucking pretty song.
1: rad for Louis though that he he wrote this groovy kind of. Uh, jazzy almost right yeah, yeah. like fucking yeah. really groovy song that and he gets all that hot action now since 86 and he didn't have to do shit i mean he already right. did the shit yeah it
3: was in a and movie it was, it, was, it was in this movie it was in a french movie in,
1: in the 50s
0: and i think more is yeah. probably just when it's easier to ask for forgiveness
1: than permission yeah yeah especially because he had 100 percent of the pie for 10 yeah. years, 12, yeah, years. Yeah, 12
3: years yeah 12 years he had the whole center yeah, yeah. This has been in a million like greatest hits of <laughs> they've released over the years of his of uh of Morris Alberts. Like it's on all the you
1: know other records. Well, dude, how did it, it take so fucking long to sue his ass? I mean, it was the biggest song on the planet. I don't know. Yeah, that's like, a, they,
0: a secret. Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm sure it went through the court system and stuff. You know, plus it was a multinational hit. It, you know, he probably had to cover all his bases. All right. You, it's, it was a hit in Brazil, it was a hit in Australia, it was a hit it in was? Canada. Yeah, so I gotta you, sue you,
1: you in Rhodesia, I gotta yeah. sue you in Austria, <laughs> I gotta sue you in New Jersey.
3: So if you want to hear a little more of this,
1: I mean you know yeah. what this song no! is.
3: By the way, by the way, feelings is said twenty-three times in this song. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: god, there it is. <laughs> What a limp! Just fucking. Thing. So you're just talking about the concept of feelings and yeah. Oh, feelings. <laughs> is he exasperated by an emotion, and so he's saying fucking feelings? Am I right? So it's like that's the vibe, right?
0: Well, it's yeah, funny right. that he he only the only feeling he's naming is love, but he's talking about plural feelings. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. He's a swinger. He, he gonna go shop at the fucking at the GI. At those- <laughs> Yeah,
0: that's right.
3: Aaron, you're. I forget who. I think it was. Maybe Barbara Streisand, even that when they asked her to do this or wanted her to do it, she she was confounded by. I don't understand what this means, though. He <laughs> you to say he's talking about feelings. What feelings is he talking about? Just <laughs> feelings. I don't. I can't connect with this. Yeah, it's the concept. So of someone mentioned them. that when they were doing this. I forget who. Like, but I
1: well, it's sort of like the way that there is a European disconnect sometimes, where like the Scorpions have a, an album. There's an album of their ballads. And it's like, I want to get next to your feelings or something like that. where they, <laughs> right. they have it, like, They're just off enough. <laughs> right. Yeah. In, the, in the American translations, like it's not how we would say that here. Like, I get what you're saying, Klaus, but... Right. It's not maybe, what we'd say. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere. Maybe that's what's happening here. Just the concept of having a feeling and the weight of love or something like that.
0: It's like, take on me. No. <laughs> right. All right. All right. Okay. okay. i will when i figure out what you mean
3: oh nina simone did this too that's who did it nina simone did this song
1: nina simone's voice would like she i mean she could she could read the you know the the information on the back of a you know valvoline and it would would just be fucking like groovy
0: i feel like a lot of those singers those kind of hip great singers like nina simone and elvis just went i'm just gonna do a better version
1: because this guy sucks yeah Put something in it that this guy fucking doesn't. Completely did yeah. yeah, he didn't have it in his pants to put into this fucking track. Uh, I'll fucking do it.
3: I was hoping Elvis's. I that's. I listened to that one, and I, and I that was the one I was hoping. Like, oh, maybe he did something with this, and it's not. As soon as it comes on, you just start laughing, and there's just no. It does. I thought yeah. maybe Elvis will be cool, or you know, like it, it wasn't. Well, yeah. he probably sh-
1: he, he did a side schmaltz. He did a lateral schmaltz. With the (laughs) Harris or something, you know? Oh, it was Julie Andrews they asked to sing this. I just found it. And she she said
3: it was too difficult to sing because it had no meaning behind it. (laughs) That's what she said.
1: Yeah, when J.A. says that about your cut, dude. Yeah, (laughs) right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's singing
0: about Tuppence.
1: I know. (laughs) Suddenly she has opinions. She sings songs that are actual gibberish and... (laughs) And she's coming she's, down on me? Fuck right. you, Julian. <laughs> <laughs> this may be the Austrian-Brazilian in me coming out, but I'm full of rage by what you're saying. <laughs> Feelings, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs>
2: okay, what is going on know. with that
1: piano player?
0: Yeah. He
1: just hit a couple notes that don't uh, that don't have a hammer on them anymore. It's <laughs> like ding-dong-dong-dong-dong. Dong, <laughs> dong, dong, <laughs> dong, <laughs> It was awful.
3: Suddenly, there was a woodpecker in the the piano. (laughs) It went from a
1: a meandering piano to a uh, a a woodpecker (laughs) on a mighty redwood.
2: (laughs) Feelings, feelings like I've never lost you
0: feelings like i never lost you is that what he said? Yes. Okay. But he's singing about how he lost her. So
1: how does he have that feeling? Wouldn't it be nice to have the feeling that i never lost you? To be to have that be what my scope of emotion was that you know, i could be upset about it rained today rather than i'm upset that my old lady split cuz all i did was sing dumb songs.
0: Okay, are you making that up?
1: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it means to Aaron.
0: (laughs) Apparently, not Julie Andrews,
3: though.
1: Me and JA said no. (laughs) And feelings like I've never had you again in my heart. He's got a very cool prunery voice. And I don't. So, what the fuck happened with that clam up like a minute in? Like, it was real aggressive. Yeah. This is another clam he just did. I, I didn't even comment on it. I don't. Even, I don't think
0: he's a good singer, to be honest. He's no Roger Waters. <laughs> Shall never? This. T- I would never tell him this. <laughs> uh, all right. I mean, this. We're like two minutes in. We've got another what? Minute forty-five. That's too Just- long.
3: Yeah. Right. And there, there's not much else. I mean, he keeps saying the same thing over and over again. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Feelings, whoa, whoa, feelings. I mean, there's not really. <laughs> There's not much to this.
0: Flah 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 fleelings.
1: <laughs> there's, better any, there's better any
0: barely any words. In
1: it. Whenever I I always giggle when I hear whoa whoa because I always imagine someone's trying to help you back up. <laughs> they're going hey, bring it bring it whoa whoa whoa. whoa.
3: <laughs> I'm sure everyone's done this joke. I bet you they've we've, there's a place there's that joke. Oh I I know what that, that, uh, that, that personifies everything we're saying was that. Um, there was an episode of the gong show where they made every contestant do this song. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That tells you everything you need to know about the time this comes from and yeah. what it is. And you know what else? One more thing. It just occurred me we were listening to it was that, you know, there's plenty of things from um, our childhood where, you know, it's a bad song, but you didn't know it was a bad song. You were just a kid, you know, sitting in in your mom's car and she was sad or whatever it was, <laughs> you know. And, and it means something to you because of that, Right. you know, because it's just a moment in your life and you're eight years old. And I was waiting for that to happen with this. Right. And it just didn't. And it, all, all I thought of was that everyone made fun of it.
1: Yeah. yeah the corn is too powerful. It's too, it's too macho. You know, it, it, it overpowers it. Like you can't get to an emotional space. Ironically, considering... It's hard to have any feelings about the song feelings.
3: <laughs>
1: As Julie Andrews said, yeah, yeah. it's not about
3: anything. There's no meaning in it. Yeah. Right. It's just noises because I think he stole this from, the melody from this guy, which isn't a bad melody the way the Louis Goss was doing it and Gaste,
0: but it's, I think he's put some words to it and that was it. <laughs> well, it's it's our job on the show to goof on things, but... You know, we can also be objective, and and as George said earlier, I don't think I've listened to this song ever, all the way through, and it was just no. a, a punchline your whole childhood and your yeah. whole life. Yeah. But yeah. now that I am sort of giving it my first real deep listen of the song, it's still not good.
1: No, it's not. There's it's, nothing. There's nothing no, interesting worse. about it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's sloppy
1: too. Weird yeah. fucking
0: piano and between then... the cl- the clams, yeah, and the piano. Like maybe he should have been playing piano in the. Piano player should have been singing.
3: Well, I, I think, too, that, that, that that's the reason, too, we maybe have missed as kids was that was that it it is a shitty lounge song, like where the guy can't sing so good and the piano player drunk. And yeah. that's what they're part of. What's funny about it is that it's right. overwrought lounge singer is what this is. It,
1: it was such a hit worldwide because it doesn't really it, it's just sort of nonsense. And so you think you get what it's about. But then you listen. You spend two seconds on. It and you go, oh wait, I don't even know what this is. This was at my wedding, and I don't, you know, like that kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> right. Turns out it's right. about aliens. I thought I don't fucking know what it is. <laughs> is Jack Palance in
3: this? <laughs> <laughs>
0: but yeah, right. it's, it wasn't always a joke song. It couldn't have been a worldwide hit, and people like Elvis are taking it seriously enough to cover it. At one point, it was a legitimate song. It wasn't always a punchline, right? Yeah, the numbers think, show. And the numbers that, like, say
3: that, but I—I yeah. I, I don't remember it. I mean, you know, I came out in '75. I was—I was eight years old then. I—I I, I remember this being a joke. Certainly, at least a year or two years after yeah. that. I'm,
0: I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm not saying it wasn't right. a joke right away. But like, it for it example, seemed...
1: like if if you fucking put on "Rainy Days" and Mondays always get me down, and if I listen to it and I'm in the right frame of mind, yeah. It, it makes me sad. Like, oh, I mean, totally. because she, she has a voice like an angel. And like, there are things that outwardly would appear to be corny or whatever, but there's a brilliance to those songs and there's a sweetness to them. Right, that's
3: what I was waiting for to happen yeah, with this. Right. Like, you put on you and me against the world of Hell and Ready, I'll cry right now. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. know why, but if you know what I mean? Like, but it's, right. it, this one doesn't, it just is like, ha what a jokey song. No, you
1: know? I get it. Like those Helen and Ready, that Helen Reddy Ready song in particular, it's like, it's it's, it's especially, I get that. Uh, you yeah. know, and it, there's just, but there's none of that here. And I thought that maybe that would be here too. That's an interesting point, George, where like, I know exactly the moment you're waiting for. It's very poetic of you to put it like that too, because like I'm waiting for that moment, and it doesn't arrive, and I feel like, well, am I broken, or is it, is there right. something, what's wrong with this that it's not doing that? Because I'm open for it. You right. know what it's I mean? in
3: the right key that you're supposed to feel that way. The saddest of all keys, D minor, or whatever it's in. Like it's, it's, it's you, yeah. you expect it, but it doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, that's Aaron <laughs> made a great point. It's the song <laughs> feelings that evokes no feelings. feelings right? <laughs> yeah, at yeah. all.
1: <laughs> it's impossible to get any out of it. <laughs> weird let's talk about fucking false advertising not only is he a thief <laughs> <laughs> he's a grifter yeah this is coming from a professional film uh a writer and brand executive like myself and my two bros here
0: that's right yeah, yeah. not only did we come up with a, a chain of of coxman you know emporiums <laughs> but but we also you know we're writing the next bond script and the theme song for it i mean yeah. we know what we're talking about yeah yeah who are you gonna this-
1: believe yeah, this is a, a
3: Julie Andrews. I mean, this this is, a, this is a marshmallow inside cotton candy. I mean, what is this, right? Yeah, we're on
1: the same <laughs> side of the fence as Julie on this one.
3: Yeah. We are. Glad to be. Yeah.
0: All right. So we've got like a minute 45 left, and I don't feel like it's going to go anywhere. George it, is going to claim that there's some it, sort it, of...
3: I can tell you this does not go anywhere. <laughs> okay. there's, there's not even a, what I'm going to call a verse, a kind of. But it's the same verse, though. There's no... There isn't anything else in yeah. it that's... that's it it's almost
0: four minutes of just what should have been a a 12 second song and he
3: keeps saying whoa 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 but there's there's really other than the beginning there really isn't another verse
1: exactly that's outrageous for that time to have a four minute jam that's this yeah Yeah. it's
3: said he says feelings 23 times because he just keeps saying whoa whoa feelings
1: yeah (laughs) a lot of dummies bought this obviously yeah 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 i'll tell you what though even Kath goes please
3: Exactly, you're very good point, Pat Even Kath knows this is funny And it's not supposed to be Even she recognizes this No one goes, no, I really like this
1: So you'll get out of my house
0: <laughs> I could even picture myself putting the French version on Because it's a cool song Like on, on, a, on a on a mix or something
3: Yeah, the baseline alone, the way it opens is pretty cool But then at right? some
0: point someone would turn to you and go Man, are you playing Feelings? And then you're, you'd be fucked <laughs> Yes and no.
1: Well, okay, I guess are we done, George? We're done. We're done. Yes. Okay. Wow. This is a fucking weird situation to be in. It is weird. <laughs>
3: this is a weird show.
1: One one song makes me actively angry and the other one steals all of my motion away. Ironically called feelings. It's nuts. Like I want to work up a more of a lather about how what a ripoff feelings is. <laughs> but I, but I'm more just sort of befuddled. I'm confused by it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, it's a real ripoff, a real ripoff. It, it is, yeah. yeah. And he stole it. So I mean, I like that that guy got paid. That's nice because that guy's <laughs> clearly not concentrating on writing pop hits. You know, no. He's a so to guy get in the fifties, <laughs> yeah, to get this late in life blast of income or his his family, I think that's pretty sweet. Still getting
3: it, probably. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, I mean, I guess that's good. That's the benefit of that. Yeah. But fucking Roger, man. I, I don't, like, it's just, like, I, it incenses me what he did and what that is. Like, what it all is. And 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 from a big idea man to say, it's a dream. Fuck off. <laughs> like, I love his big ideas. Madness and fucking. Uh, and Childhood trauma. Yeah, all of that stuff is incredible and important. And fucking, There's no, there's no wonder why it connects with so many people and is not one pop song on his catalog. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's impressive. And for him, for that person to do what he did with pros and cons of chicanery, you know, <laughs> I, it's really awful. And it's ugly to listen to. That's the other, it's ugly to listen to. Yeah. You know, That's I got to give to Georgie. I mean, it's, it's bizarre, but like, I got to give it to that ugly piece of art. I understand. Of his, you know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there you go. Hip hip hooray. Hip hip hooray. Congratulations to you. Pros, cons, pros, <laughs> cons.
3: Feelings, be- feelings. Be- whoa,
2: whoa whoa, whoa,
3: whoa, whoa.
0: Royalties, royalties. Late in life.
2: Late <laughs> in Portois, portois,
0: poor poor Alright, well there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, well my goodness. I'm sorry to do that to you guys. Yeah. And that was it's... like half the song by the way. I didn't we didn't even finish it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No need. Uh alright, well, here we go. Majel, please, please, we're begging you to make us feel better.
2: Sorbet. Sorbet. Cleanse the palate.
0: Yeah. We need that so bad right now. Um, all right, so walk us up here
1: on, on your sorbet, please. Well, uh, I waited a good long time to touch on my my king of kings, uh, <laughs> Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ? <laughs> the Prince of Peace. Um, <laughs> it took me this long to, to do it. I just wanted to uh, uh, not take the easy route. Uh, and so I finally couldn't wait any longer. And the song fills me with so much joy. It's so weird. It's so freaky, and it's a beautiful. Like if you want to hear about what's this guy all about, this would be a great song to put on for someone <laughs> to show him what he's all about, and just watch their face because it's just it's it's a crazy number, but he's my 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 absolute king. So like let's uh let's just play it. All right, we'll talk about it. What year is this? This is 1979. I always want to say eight, but it's 1979. This is DJ by David Bowie. I love this track. I'm already grooving to it. <laughs> it's off the album Lodger. Um, it was written by, uh, Bowie, Brian, Eno, and Carlos Alomar. And like with most of the songs that Carlos is involved in, there's, there's a, a stone groove for sure happening yeah. in it. Um, and this is part of Lodger, uh, was part of what people call the berlin trilogy though this album sort of famously wasn't recorded anywhere near berlin but instead in in Montreux and in new york city but nevertheless it's put into that grouping because i think it's uh the involvement of brian eno and there's a lot of strange outside stuff going on um but like it's <laughs> it's a it's a crazy song and and uh it's Apparently, the the basis for it was it's a cynical comment on the cult of the DJ, um, and uh, he's and it's features David doing a what he admitted was a, uh, a David Byrne impersonation in a way,
2: mm.
1: which is sort of prescient considering like it's only two years into David Byrne's professional career and he's already got yeah. David Bowie doing a bit on him, so that flailing kind of vocal style putting a bunch of sort of words and, and, and how David Byrne sort of in that time in his career was operating a lot on sort of paranoiac lyrics or like lyrics that seemed to be, or could be read as an alien regarding like, you know, this is a street and here's the people <laughs> who live on my street. This is yeah. my house. This is my car. <laughs> yeah. Where you're just listing things and seeing them and, and stating them as fact and worrying about what people might be watching you or whatever. And so there's the weight of that sort of strange cynicism and paranoia here that coupled with the video, I don't remember if you remember the video, but it's him. Most of the video is him just walking down a French street Yeah, and people are just filming him and people, as he's walking down the street, people are recognizing that it's him (laughs) and like men and women and all these people just kissing him and like walking with him. But like, it's clear that they're doing something. So they sort of walk along for a while and then kind of peel off. Yeah, And then, then the other half of the video is him. Um, as the DJ, and he starts to end up tearing down the walls. And this sort of uh, works along with uh, Scary Monsters as well, because like, he, he's become sort of a Dorian Gray kind of monster. Right. It was wild, very interesting. Uh, but like I always was a huge fan of this, and it was always perplexing to me that it didn't, because it's got such a sweet groove, that it didn't appear in live sets much. Apparently, he only played it on the outside tour, which was later on, and, which I thought was odd. I mean, it's got a great groove. It's very interesting lyrically. Uh, so let's just listen to some of that groove now. I mean, I, I kind of don't like to talk about David Bowie much. <laughs> I'd love to have conversations about him, but like, I just love it so much in the way it makes me feel and how he designs, like the verse we just heard the top of, it's very, the lyrics are, I love it. Goes, I'm home, lost my job and incurably ill. You think this is easy realism? I've got a girl out there, I suppose. I think she's dancing. I feel like Dan Dare lies down. I think she's dancing, but what do I know? And it's it's just a weird sort of sense of like, I can read into it and understand knowing that it's about this DJ and that he's all about his work and that's it, but that he's moving some woman, but we don't really have a relationship. Like that's kind of what I hear in that, but the way he delivers it and the way he sings it and the way he wrote it, it's just so bold to me. And like to be able to create a melody and lyrics like he does and did, it's just, it's so impressive to me. Like there's nothing typical about it. Like there's nothing sing-songy about it. Roger Waters wishes he could get, like, you know, within 50 right. miles of this, you know? Yeah, David did us dirty in many ways. I think you're right, because people <laughs> people then want to get a piece of that action and cannot, you know? But we're forced to listen to it on this show.
0: By the way, the name of the album is what Roger Waters says
1: Yoko calls him. Roger. Lodger. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thank you. It's a Roger joke. <laughs> So let's listen to some more of it, like and yeah. it's in this and the the groove like I that there's that crazy violin like the other thing that sort of keeps you that clues you into a bit of like this chaos and like it feels kind of creepy, is that, uh, the an odd addition of the violin which is sort of doubling the melody, that's Simon House and then that's beautiful uh, Dennis Davis on drums, big Georgie Murray on bass and Carlos on guitar. So like that threesome right there is just a fucking motherfucker. Yes, it is. They, they're responsible for so much stuff. And then that's Adrian Ballou uh, uh, on the crazy guitar. Uh, and apparently that's like six solos all put together. And with no, with really no information, they would do a lot of like not tell him what key it's in and just tell him to go, like, just go and uh, rock it out. And and that's what he did.
0: I'm a little disappointed. They left out uh, Morris Albert's keyboard player.
1: <laughs> the woodpecker guy. You want a song to sing or what? <laughs>
0: missed opportunity
1: okay oh all these keys work i only operate on 88 keys (laughs) the three have to be dead
0: (laughs) all right come on who's doing the backup him that's him
1: doing the falsetto Mm -hmm. I mean, that's probably him and Carlos, actually. Oh, okay. I think Carlos would do the high stuff sometimes with him, certainly on stage. So, I mean, he didn't need anybody in the room, but like, he probably had him in there. It sort of sounds like him. So, By the
0: way, answer this, because this drives me insane. Several sources I've read that Bowie would go in and do one vocal take on virtually everything he ever recorded his entire
1: career. Can that possibly be true? I don't think he liked to work much. You know, like, he he was, like, not interested in laboring it. But, like, there are some famous versions of that absolutely happening. Like, on three or four of the big fucking tracks on Ziggy Stardust are, like, famously once or twice, and that's it. And it's not, like, linked together. It's, like, just a delivery.
0: Yeah, sometimes you have a really inspired moment in the studio, especially if the band's playing live. And, yeah, you nail one. I'm not saying it never happens.
1: And when you didn't have much time, maybe, or whatever. But, like...
0: But but they yeah. say that Bowie, every time he would go in, he would already just nail the, the song from top
1: to bottom. I think that happened. I think that that story probably exists, Damon, because like a lot of times he did work fucking fast. Like Let's Dance was finished and like written mixed and I mean, there's, it's a short record, but like in three weeks yeah, from like the from everybody walking into a studio and the record being done and with the label in like three weeks is something ridiculous like that, you know? But then sometimes you you create more, like when I think on the records he did with Brian Eno, it was a lot stranger. Like I was going to bring up, they use a thing, Eno you know, sort of as this as this product that he and a and a, and a co conspirator put together. And it's have you ever heard of oblique strategies? Yeah, they would do that, where like they would pull a card, and it's kind of like Monopoly or whatever, and it and the card you pull a card in an effort to spur you into a different angle of thought in a creative process, whatever it is, but in the music thing, like they they pull it and pull the card and be like, make it sultry. And so you show that to the guitar player, you know, and no one in the room was thinking that a sultry notion should be applied to this, but perhaps something interesting could happen. If you go down that Avenue, like it certainly wasn't any, what what anyone was thinking. So why wouldn't it be interesting? So when you're doing stuff like that, there's no way people can be doing things quickly except for maybe David's actual vocal pass. Cause by that time he's probably got it well figured out, you know? Yeah. But I don't think that he worked much. I thought, I think that that was mostly like, I just want to get out of here. I want to do my part and be done. Right. So in some songs he wrote in the moment, like Joe, the lion on heroes, he wrote standing in the room. Like apparently he had nothing planned, went into the, went into the room and that's what came out of his face right away. <laughs> oh, and they're like, okay, fine. Moving on. I guess stuff like that did go down. I'm happy to say cause that's a cool story and a cool thought that he was just that rad.
0: Do you think that Eno got the term "oblique
1: strategies" out of the Prem Gen? <laughs> I don't think there's any chance that he didn't. Yeah, you know, <laughs> of course he did. It's that because the Prem Gen is also responsible for that incredible drum sound that they used on uh, on Low, where it's like the reversed compression. <laughs> oh right, yeah. You know, so, so I'm sure the Prem Gen does that too, and we just discovered that it helped with movie titles.
0: Yeah. The Premgen's got his fingers in a lot of pies. Fuck yeah. Trust me. He's finger (laughs) blasting us. (laughs) Thank you.
1: Nice, Georgie.
0: (laughs) All right, come on.
3: More DJ.
1: Phil, oh yeah, that fucking Dennis <laughs> <He's> a monster. <laughs> like that's too much to get in there, and he gets it in there.
0: Yeah, like that guy can pack a car,
1: you know. <laughs> <laughs> he can. <laughs> yeah, you got to do it exactly like this. Yeah.
0: Were you saying before you, you weren't really sure what the song's about other than a DJ?
1: Yeah. the the what, What's written about it seems to be that it's a guy who is only like all he has is his work and he doesn't have a real personality. And not only that, but as the DJ, the dynamic of the DJ from a cynical point of view is that you're playing somebody else's art. Mm. What are you giving to society other than moving asses? So there's an illusion that you're providing the movement and you are- but you're a vessel. You're like a speaker, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you could argue that, like, the people's asses that are moving are because of you, because you put the record on.
0: Right. But you could say one of those morons standing out there dancing could do what you
1: do, but they can't do what Bowie does. Right. Is, so was he cynical about it? Was he saying? I think he was. He was He was, He was. was having a cynical moment about it. And, and it was a big thing. Like, so he, you know, at, at that time, this is sort of the end of disco. And this is a stone groove and he's familiar with dance music and he's a fan of dance music but i think he's having a isn't it interesting that everything we just said
0: was this song a hit
1: it was yeah. but like low uh, heroes was big low was strange and 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 watcher <laughs> was complicated so like <laughs> yeah it was a hit but like this only got up to like this was bristling under the big the hot 100 mm. so it didn't make it into there but like is there any indication that he gave a shit about that? Like right, with those three yeah. records really like even heroes is a fucking weird song. It's yeah, weird. It is weird. It's, it's haunting and you know, all the things that scared a young George. <laughs> True. Well, you know, you know you I was, was going to tell you that this, this was the first song I heard
3: of his that, that didn't scare me and really was my entree into David Bowie. And by then He's I was talking like,
1: about something that's tangible. So you're the, I am the DJ. I am what to play. Right. If you listen, if you think about it just quickly, it's a celebration of the DJ.
3: Right. That's what I thought.
1: And so that's easy to get your head around. I can understand yeah. it.
3: And, and this was the first song I heard of his where I thought, oh, I, I like this one. And I was 13 then. And I, right. you know, and, and is Ashes to Ashes just after this?
1: It's on the next record. Yeah.
3: And that one, and then I liked Ashes to Ashes. And I don't know where I saw him doing. I didn't see that video. I know the video you're talking about, but I feel like I saw him doing DJ on TV somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like the Midnight Special or Saturday Night Live or As I saw possible. him doing
1: it somewhere. And, yeah.
3: and I wasn't scared of it.
1: All of his stuff, like there's very little of his catalog that is like a nothing throwaway jam. You know, like it's it's all really interesting and the delivery system is great. The band's always white hot. And, you know, obviously he was a chameleon in all kinds of ways. And he was user-friendly taking sort of ponderous art notions and making it sort of more blue collar in a way like so that I could understand it at least accessible. yeah. 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 And like, I, there's so much worth in that to me. Like it's great to be heady and erudite and, and appeal to other smart people, but like it's also really neat to break it down a bit because otherwise, and that gives me an entree to go get myself more educated. Not unlike our, our sex Costco. Yeah, it, oh. <laughs> You know, invite you to learn more Invite you to well-round yourself Like with our rich podcast, you know, like <laughs> It might feel a little weird sometimes Yeah, learn about David Bowie Listen to New Sun. learn about how to stick a finger Up a butthole, you know <laughs> Right, do like, you want to know let, or not let's, I mean, You don't have to learn you know, But let's learn about it, let's listen to it, let's see <laughs> Yeah, you could still listen to fashion And not put a finger in your butt <laughs> Yeah but would yeah. it feel good? Probably. Yeah. But you need to do it right.
0: You're not going to get the full <laughs> experience.
3: Right. No. no, Not unless Look. you come to Heraldo's to the G.I. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're going to help you out here. <laughs> Listen this? some more. All right. yes, Speaking let's. of that. One more- Listen to that fucking bass parts, dude. It's fucking
3: great! Such a great Fuck. groove. I forgot what a great groove this is.
0: There's no disco in this song at all. No, no.
1: It's, I mean, it's moving. It's dance. And it gives yeah. you the impression. Yeah. But the but you're <laughs> exactly. right.
0: It's. I mean, I don't know if he was getting this granular, but like the drums sound like what Chris France would play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Bowie's tapping into like new wave dance music at this point, which is cool. Yeah. And then, but the guitars are very stonesy, if you ask me.
1: Bang it. Yeah. When the, when it. the stones
0: yeah. are are funky like mm-hmm. you know they're always funky but you know what i mean when they're really going for yeah. dance that's that's the guitars are reminding me of like hey Negrita" or something right here
1: yeah i mean there's there's not a ton of distance i mean if you take the violin out of it and soften some of the edges it could be easily be a stone's groove yeah easily right very easily off of like emotional rescue easily easily uh so that's a good point <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. Humble pie or bitter fruit. Mm-hmm. I love that he's sort of calling out his cynicism sometimes, like like with that line. Like, it's just it's so weird. But then you kind of, with him, you're always sort of wondering that, like, he's he might be having you on, too. Like, he's yeah. like oh, no, I love dance music, and I think DJs are the best. Like, yeah. you know. He got
0: away with a lot of shit by just that very, you know, like, mischievous smile he had. Yeah. It's charming
1: and can be—I felt that at the time. Moving on, you <laughs> yeah. know, which is an awesome way to be, because like, why do you have to? Why be uptight about a, a fun artistic choice you made? Like, don't even, def, don't fucking defend it. He'd probably be the last person to defend any of his shit. In fact, he's the one who's stepping on it and degrading it. And like, he thought "Young Americans" was trash as a song. <laughs> you know, he thought it was garbage.
0: Jeez, I hope he didn't hear the pros and cons of hitchhiking. <laughs>
1: Sadly, he had a lot of time on the planet with that song. You're right? Yeah, they coexisted for a while. Hey, David, I wondered if you might. Uh, Raj, I fucking, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna set myself on fire later. I can't make it. Yeah, Roger, I have to, I have to go sit in the lobby and wait for the limo. <laughs> you will be kind of busy right now, buddy. What sitting? Yeah. <laughs> so much energy in it you know like for for stuffy i mean the rhythm section and and you know those three dudes are are very not uptight honkies but like for these europeans the 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 beautiful combination dichotomy of these europeans sensibility with american rhythm section and you know an american sensibility and what that creates is just fucking so rad and so interesting to me um yeah and you just can't Unless you go get yourself some actual Europeans or some actual Americans, you're not gonna make that happen. You know, you can't pretend to do it. Or you're not gonna find it in a pedal or a production style, you know. Yeah. It's interesting. Not so fast, Morris Albert.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, because he's also the drummer's also throwing in like these these Keith Moon fills throughout the entire song, too. Which is <laughs> yeah, real
1: busier than busy.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's it's wild. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> This is also one of those things I wonder if Bowie is being a little bit cynical. I don't know what his hit record was at, up at this point. You know,
1: well, he'd had he had everything on the Young Americans record. He had, that had fame was already you know like all those things was that before this? Yeah. Yeah, before this already? Yeah, just before. this This is right before. Uh, this is the album right before uh, uh, Scary Monsters. So he had another freaky album to make, and then he needed to make some money.
0: Yeah, with Let's Dance. I guess my point is that like. There's an adage in at least in older rock songs that if you mentioned a DJ or a guy who spins records or something in a song, DJs mm-hmm. love that. When we always play those. Oh right. And yeah. so some artists would just write songs about DJs <laughs> to get airplay.
1: Yeah, he wanted. He was fucking. He wanted to get paid so that he could be a painter and do the yeah. things that like that truly got him off, which is I think doing being contrary and being strange and being odd. So much so that he viewed. The act of Let's Dance as, as in, in, in what I've read about it is sort of a, he got healthy, he took up boxing, he got kind of buff for David Bowie and made a pop record, but it was still an angle. It was like an art project that suddenly became a stadium act, mm-hmm. you know, which is not the dynamic of his career, you know, it, like at all, at all. But he was so compelling that people are like, well, clearly he's a pop star. Well, not really. Nobody like him and how that went and what he was and how he viewed himself and what he was keen to do and how he was dismissive of certain chunks of his career. Yeah, he never gave a shit about ever about any of it. I think that's the coolness, right? So I think that he was, I think that he, that's part of him that I think was sort of like the way a jazz man sort of is in his view like just cool like that's yeah, just a bunch of bullshit.
0: Yeah. I'm here to,
1: you know, slap some art on you whether you like it or not. I don't really care, but here it is. Right, this is what's going down because this is important to me. And then, you know, and if you really want to know what's going on, let me tell you about this Japanese artist or let me tell you about this uh Austrian painter or whatever. That's what's really truly happening. Far more interesting than what I'm doing. Right? Right, <laughs> yeah, right, right. right. Yeah. And then and having the beautiful brain to realize that like oh, look at these guys who are writing lyrics and I'd like to write like that. Yeah. But not just, ste- not just cop them, do their songs, celebrate them, get them fucking paid and work with them on their records, produce their records because you have a golden touch that they alone do not. You know, Lou Reed, Iggy Pop. <laughs> right. Yep. So. All right, here we go. David what are you Byrne. supposed to? Yeah, yeah, what do you do with that when yeah. you hear? You're like, okay, <laughs> right? I guess it's a weird part of this song. <laughs> but Rob, it really does like. If you think about it through the prism of, of like you just said, David, through the Talking head style, yeah, the David burns style, we're like, okay, well that there's a sense to that. Yep,
3: I never got that back then. I didn't know that. I didn't know that till right now. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Now it makes sense more. <laughs>
1: On this out, it becomes more of a uh, like more of a like a like more of a pop song, like a catchy hook that just fades out as if you've just been listening to a regular song. <laughs> right. So George White can like it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he like oh they were talking about a DJ. It's a groovy groove. I can handle it. And then there's this outro that you go oh all around I love it. But like boy he really was uh, snuck a bunch of a, a bunch of arty shit by young George White, you he know, did. and got you to accept it you know, and that's genius. That's, that's genius to me. Like a bunch more is in that envelope and you took it happily, you know? I
0: did. Aaron, because you're the, the Bowie mega fan and aficionado, where does this one rank? You don't have to give me the exact number, but as far as like the,
1: the, the brackets of Bowie songs. I don't know. It's a funny, it's a funny thing that, because like there's a bunch of them that fit right here for me, like right at the same sort of place that are all like. I have a hard time getting into a favorite thing with him. A real hard time or like even the way the way it's regarded cuz so he didn't play it a bunch live, but the way it's regarded is that because it appeared on like Changes 2 and and has a presence as if it's one of his hits, but like it really wasn't. But like a lot of songs were like that with him. Like they get they've been played for years on rock radio, so you believe that they were hits, they are known and they're in the culture, but they weren't really hits. This song in like Look Back in Anger and some of the deeper cuts from, um, from heroes and the wacky first side of low, like it's fucking all awesome. So I don't know. There's no answer, but like, it's just awesome. It's <laughs> awesome to me. Well, the thing, I think I think of it is,
3: is I just, even right now that I forgot how much I like this song because they don't, this isn't one of the ones they played over this, is what you said they've played over years. You know, they, they play changes all the time. They play heroes and young Americans and mm-hmm. Let's Dance and China Girl, and maybe you hear some, maybe you hear Gene Genie, but you don't hear this on FM radio, and you never really did even like you did those mm-hmm. other songs.
1: And right. you heard it enough so that it was in like there's a zeitgeist awareness. But yeah, like certainly it was never it could never be bordered on being no, annoying. It's
3: not young Americans. It's not fame. It's not that. Yeah,
1: you know? like Boys Keep Swinging and stuff like that from the same exact time of a lot of that same energy. And it's just so weird and strange, but all of this earwormy quality to them. They're just a a delight. And uh, that blows my mind to be able to think in that kind of like fuck Roger Waters and his big ideas when like, this is a much cooler way to have big ideas to me.
0: Agreed. Bowie wasn't, didn't have to make a big statement every time. He's just like, all right, here's my next genius piece of art. Where's the next one? Yeah, and
1: then I'm fucking on to the next one. Yeah. Like, the, it's I, I've forgotten about it by the time it's fucking done. If we're not on the road for this, I've already moved on. Yeah. In a princy kind of way, you know? Right.
0: Yeah. Roger Waters probably had like 500 interviews about the pros and cons of hitchhiking compared to Bowie talking about heroes, you know?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: right, exactly. <laughs> I was in Berlin, so... What else you want to know?
0: <laughs> so, David, nothing about a, having a dream and then waking up? or
1: <laughs> Not really, no. Why would I write about a dream that's stupid? <laughs> this interview's over.
0: <laughs> all right, we've only got 26 seconds left. Here we no, go. Let's, let's listen to let's all it. of them. All right.
1: Fucking Georgie Murray getting paid for every note and fucking earning every 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 cent. I love it.
0: The more we do these songs on, you know, obviously the sorbets on the show, the more I just imagine what it's like as it's sort of fading out and you're in the studio, you, say you're the drummer, the bass player, and you're now getting to listen to the whole song. Like how fucking mm-hmm. rad was that, would that have been? It's right. a good you know?
1: day. That's a good yeah. day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, fuck, man. Listen to that. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. And it's just so weird and it's so unique and so cool like you just have this idea like man the label's gonna fucking hate this but it's not my problem I got to be on a stone groove
0: yeah I've been in studios where I listen to a playback of something and I'm not talking about myself I'm talking about the whole band nailed it and it's fucking great Mm -hmm. and it's such a great feeling and just but then take the next level where you just did a Bowie song and your contribution (laughs) made it great
1: that's that's pretty wild yeah and imagine making him happy to some degree or you know so he has a moment of interest in how it went and that there was a a notion of collaboration occurring, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. Is this great? This is great. And by all accounts, he gave it up. You know, like he he gave it up to his collaborators. You know, which is nice. Well, that was a lovely sorbet. Yes, thank you, Aaron. <laughs> After what we did to you,
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is a a weird weird relationship we have with very each other. Very <laughs> odd. Very odd relationship. Very odd. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that would conclude this very long. Very, very exhausting
1: uh, episode 57. <laughs> you can't say we don't fucking come to work, though. I know. We, we, no. we did a lot of stuff. You know, I don't think we have the, the creative
0: genius of, of boy, but we have his goddamn work ethic.
1: Sure. <laughs> Which is to say, fucking he, he got weary of things. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, he, he walked out after one take. This is one take. <laughs> yeah, it is true. This is one take. One take of genius. <laughs> All right, episode 57 is now done. Thank you for listening to the Getmo Bros, who as you now know are the number 1 rockers forever, and we are going to say goodbye. Bye. Good night everybody. Ear yeah. and loving.
1: Hey George, is that your ding dong?
2: Mom! Take it easy. Lower it. I'm love- not now. i don't mind you playing it but lower it tune in next time for more ear and loathing end transmission goodbye